This week on the BAMFcast, we say what a whole bunch of times. One star, we're in. All right, welcome to the BAMFcast. Hey, BAMFcast. It's podcast. Episode 259. Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I'm Nintendo 259. I remember the day they released that. Okay. So I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm BJ. I'm Chuck. And what we do each and every episode of the BAMFcast is we go ahead and we watch ourselves a quote-unquote bad movie. <laughs> or some facsimile thereof. Uh, we come in here and we talk about it for the first half. Let me rate them. Good bad movies. Enjoyable bad movies. They got one of five jocks and robot jocks. Yay! Yay! Yay. And the bad bad movies. And stay away. They get a negative sliding scale. One of five bags. Listen to douchebags after Twilight. Boo. Oh, that's bad. Yes. Not good. Nope. So, um... The <laughs> fuck did we watch? Secret... I, I will fight you. <laughs> <laughs> Secret agent? Double O... Soul. Soul, soul killer. Soul, yeah. So. Oh, 1990s. Sorry, I keep thinking Secret about Secret Agent Double O Soul. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you want me to read a plot summary? Please. <laughs> I would love to hear a plot summary. I am stoked. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about yeah. right. The tagline for the movie. Never say what again. What? <laughs> Oh, did I fuck that up? I'm sorry. What? Huh? Who? What? Who? All right. I mean, there's there's something on Letterboxd that claims to be a plot summary. I really want to hear it. I'll read it. This James Bond spoof sees Billy D. Williams playing an international agent who quits his job to open a detective agency in the hood. What? 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 Yeah. At some point, they said they were in Watts. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. yeah. The hood. Yeah. Um, um, uh, <laughs> I don't know how um, this was found because holy shit. I feel like this is like Billy D. Williams' like wacky home video project of 1989. This is like Billy D.'s summer vacation with the fam <laughs> and some stuntmen. Yeah. Oh, with some stuntmen. Yes. I think some stuntmen saw Billy D. Oh Williams at a bar, and they were like, hey. And they talked him into, uh, if we give you a couple of free outfits, will you come and be in our movie? <laughs> kind of act oblivious well, to everything probably told going me, on. You get to wear a tuxedo the entire time. The entire time. And we'll just put stuff on top of that. Mm-hmm. Other costumes. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently they uh, did stunts on Return of the Jedi, so they would have known him from there. That's probably how they did it. He's a, he's a stunt yeah. coordinator. He was actually, trade, right? he was Billy D. Williams' stunt double <gasps> in Return of the Jedi. What? So he Julius got LaFleur, in the, the director. Pit, yeah. Not Billy D. Williams. Ah. So that's, wow. That so there's your connection there. Okay. All right. We're piecing so this together. So in the yeah. original ending, he blew up in the Death Star and <gasps> didn't make it out alive. Oh. Spoiler oh, alert. Don't. But he did. In the original ending, though, Lando was not supposed to make it. Well, that mm-hmm. would have been terrible. Well, that's why they changed it. Damn right. So there you go. Okay. A little trivia on the wow. movie not really. Let's talk about Return of the Jedi. Well, yeah, you just spoiled please. Return of the Jedi. Can you believe yeah. that was going to be a David Lynch movie? <laughs> 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 and then Spielberg. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, David um, Fincher worked on that. 
Yeah. Right. In the model department. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So did I. No, you, you were did. a model. No, yeah. No, you didn't. You're a liar. I'm a model. You're a, you're a lying son of a bitch. <laughs> we're sure a liar. Don't do that again. <laughs> you were that baby Ewok, weren't you? Yes. Yeah. I was a model Ewok. <laughs> Um. So, Double O Soul. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's do this. No. All um, right. <laughs> I refuse. Um. Uh, All right. I'm on strike. <laughs> First off. Yeah. Bad VHS copy. <laughs> oh yes. The only way to see this film is a bad VHS copy. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we did. Of which five total people on Letterboxd outside of this room have seen it. <laughs> we nearly doubled the viewership on yep. the internet. Mm. Yep. If we can show it to one of you, <laughs> we'll have we'll double this movie's exposure. Yeah. Um, but don't. Yeah. Banff Castle alum in it. Several. Yeah. Yeah. Tiny Lister. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah. For one scene. Yep. Where he glares at somebody after arm wrestling. Yeah. And that's the extent of Tiny Lister being in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Zoo. Zoo. Who is given special appearance by... A credit in the end credits. <laughs> sure. Thank you for showing up at our movie. Uh-huh. Tiny. <laughs> With a tiny part. Yep. Oh, um, I get it. Man. I just don't even know where to start with this. I can it, sum it up in one sentence. What? I didn't know there was going to be a movie that could make Leonard Part 6 look good. <laughs> oh, now come on. I come wouldn't on go that now. far. Wouldn't go that far. <laughs> okay. I didn't know there was a movie that could make Leonard Part 6 look competent in... Yes. Filmmaking. Yeah. Okay. There's there's really no way to recap this movie because what the movie is, like we talked about when we were watching it, it's like a series of vignettes. It's like characters that were created for like a web webisodes of something. Mm-hmm. It's like here's Secret Age of Double O Soul, and then in this next episode we'll introduce another character. And then in this episode, here's some stunts. It's yeah, just it's, it's just point to point. Stream to point of consciousness point. filmmaking. Yeah, because they didn't the stuntman director has no idea about well i mean okay maybe he did and i'm it was a troubled production or whatever but the the way the movie is presented it is meat of scene and then an and a, a wipe effect to the next scene and it is just meat of that scene there is there is zero filler in it this almost movie. feels like if you took this is gonna sound weird but if you took mcgruber and you just made a bunch of MacGruber skits, yeah. and in between each time after something blows up just did a wipe yes and suddenly they're somewhere else yes that's this movie yeah yeah yeah, you can totally do that. And it was just that. edited together in a Best of MacGruver DVD. <laughs> That's is, what this is. It kind of is like that, yes. Um, I think I'd rather have a Best of MacGruber <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, for a stuntman director, this movie is loaded with stunts. Oh, my God. Competently done, well, ridiculous, over-the-top stunts, because everything in the movie starts explodes. and media res <laughs> in just, like, this scene of just people running around, shooting each other, and mm-hmm. him, like, somebody tossing grenades and dudes getting blown off of the roof of a building. One guy's on fire for a really long time, <laughs> like uncomfortably like, long, like that dude died for like this movie. The actor runs by him. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, dear. And looks at him and then gets to run out of the frame entirely. Yeah. That dude was on fire entirely too long. Yeah. And then the girl who's chasing the guy also gets to run by the flaming dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And then they all get in cars and start driving around. And as soon as a car taps another fender. Or a bumper or anything, regardless of speed, <laughs> massive fireball explosion. That's pretty good. Yeah. They blew up a lot of cars. Like yeah. their entire budget was Billy D. Williams. Maybe. Maybe. 
Probably. I don't know where Billy D. Williams was at this point in his career. I don't know if that was a get or not, but <laughs> how are, what were conventions like in 1990? It, Star Nothing. Trek. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was so, no, yeah, there so was no was pop not, culture convention. Yeah. It was not thing. like today where it's like you go to any convention and you've been in Star Wars. People are like, holy fuck, you were in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. Like Boba Fett kid from the prequels can make a living just going yeah. to, at yeah. every convention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. So maybe Billy D. Williams was there for the catering. I don't know. It's quite possible. Yeah. It seemed like but, a family project. Regardless, the majority of their budget went to blowing up stuff. Yes. And. We were worried when this movie started. I was especially worried when this movie started. I had sampled a tiny bit of it and was like, this is it. this is the kind of thing everyone hates because it looks bad and is super low budget and it's a comedy. So mm-hmm. those are usually three strikes. But because this movie is so front loaded with stunts and explosions, yeah. we were kind of past the five minute mark before movie had in. even really started. I will say that I was in. Yeah. Like as soon as that first car blew up, I was like, okay, yeah, you tossed a couple guys off a building, big yeah. deal. But that first car just engulfed in flames. I was like, all right, yep, all right, I think I like this. Yeah, and that's before we we're even introduced to Billy D. Williams in the movie, <sighs> which we might as well shouldn't have been because the movie was doing so good up to that point. Yeah, uh, and he's coming back from a mission in which he's accidentally blown up an aircraft carrier, almost or almost something. Yeah, he's he's narrating. The events of what he's just well, done he's, as he's his voiceover the, is attempting to fill in all of the things they forgot to film. Right. Yeah. Whenever you hear the entire him, movie. Yeah. Whenever you mm-hmm. hear him narrating, it is because they didn't film any of the stuff that they're talking about. Yeah. It's almost like there's two movies going on. There's the weird random bullshit that we're actually seeing. And then his narration is telling a story about something. I don't even know what. The narration is about this international spy bullshit, but all they're doing is having misadventures in the hood doing wacky cases and stuff that each one lasts 12 seconds. So, yeah, yeah, it really is like they went in with two different ideas and just shot them some things and were like, I don't know, cobbled together into a movie. It kind of reminds me of like a Godfrey Ho thing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just edit stuff together and eh. Yeah. Like storyline, plot line, thread line, like doesn't, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Part of it's just like, uh, you know, detective guy in the hood. Nothing to do with spies or anything like that. Yeah. Because it's like there are scenes where it's like, I don't know, almost barbershop because there's, you know, this this diner that like people just kind of keep going into that he's almost using it as, as his business front for a while. Oh, he rents the well, room upstairs. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, but I mean, people are coming and sitting down in booths and having conversations and... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that we can try to follow this movie logically. If my office no, was above the diner, not. I would probably be in the diner all yeah, the time. Cause, yeah, because what happens is when he gets back, he goes he goes back to report to the FBI well, we or talk Secret about how Service he, or how whatever. he arrives. Like, no. okay, yeah, yeah, that does paint the picture of the entire movie. Right. Because like a helicopter is landing. He's got like a, a you know a pretty girl waiting with a car to pick him up. With and, a limo. Uh, yeah, limo. And and the hover the, the helicopter just kind of starts hovering. And he kind of gets out on the landing rail, and then I don't know if it was supposed to be like, oh, we've landed, and he didn't know they hadn't, and he just kind of like falls, I don't know, 20, 30 feet out of the helicopter, lands on his face, and then goes, huh. Well, he does like a belly flop yeah. out of it. And I think title card, like the second he hits the ground, is like, yep. It's like, um, okay. With the no symbol, the Ghostbusters mm-hmm. no symbol, right through the title, like, sure. okay, like, so. Like, don't watch this. <laughs> <laughs> We're <Good>. telling you. <laughs> Good yeah, idea. and yeah. he's rolling around on the ground going, ah, my back. Yeah. Right. But, in terrible ADR. He does sort of pop up, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. I'm all right, you know, and that's yeah. when limo driver lady just starts making out with him and ripping his tuxedo, which 
I'm so disappointed they did not carry this joke throughout the rest of the movie, but people keep grabbing him, and whenever they do, they dub in this ripping sound on his tuxedo, Mm -hmm. and they do it like the first four or five times it happens, and then they never do it again. Mm -hmm. And it was making me laugh like the third time, the fourth time, and I was like, okay, keep that up, and then they don't do it again. But but yeah, she just like pounces on him. Just like, welcome back, clumsy, dumbass Billy D. Williams. Let me put my mouth on you. Something, something, the chief is angry. Okay, I guess we'll go see him. Yeah. Cut to, you know, the... The, the only part in this movie that's really like James Bond esque because he goes to the desk and it's like a pseudo money penny waiting for him and then of course she's like ooh a man and <laughs> let me get do the basically the same thing rippy mm. rippy noises and get well, all all up in your face. Let's keep in mind when he walks into that office he trips over the plant that's in the doorway. Right. Yes. Yeah. Or yeah, right next first, to the doorway. The yep. first five ten minutes of this just him falling down a lot. <laughs> yeah. He falls down after that, too. He's just walking through the middle of the room and falls down. Right. And that's when he, she comes well, over. She shoves him down. Oh, that's right. Yeah. After that. It happens a lot. He it, enters yeah. a scene and falls down immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, uh, okay. And the weird thing is, I think there's one take late in the film where he actually fell down. And then at some point they were like, let's film you falling down a lot. Because like when he's running for the elevator towards the end mm-hmm. and the guy. And he has a cape he on. He trips over his cape and they yeah. both fall down. That was like, okay, that wasn't scripted. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, let's have you fall down a lot because the crew really thought that was funny. <sighs> sure. So he he falls down a lot. But yeah, he falls down and the secretary lady's like, time for me to put my mouth on you also right. and mm-hmm. suck your face. And So he goes to see <laughs> I, whatever spy agency chief guy and it's um, Agent Johnson from Die Hard. The, yeah. The other Agent Johnson. Grandel Bush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's how they refer yeah. to the other agent. Johnson. The other Johnson. Yeah. 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 Because um, yeah, it was secret. There were special well, agent Johnson and, and, and the other and, and yeah. the other agent Johnson. But he walks in and just immediately quits. Yep. Because he yeah. thinks they're going to fire him. Yeah. So the, well, the, the the white guy who's sitting in the chair who looks like just a suit. He's like, well, you know, you almost blew up the aircraft carrier. How did you do like, that? And he's like, you can't talk to me like this. I quit. <laughs> I'm Billy D. Williams. And then I quit. voiceover fills in the gaps of like, well, I always kind of wanted to start my own business. Yeah. Yada, yada, not work for anybody. And right. I was probably going to get fired anyway. So, ah, but I this quit. is when like stunt cab enters the scene, <laughs> <laughs> which I, I never under, I mean, okay, obviously I never understood what the connection was to this, but it's just like, it's almost like he had called this cab in, uh, cause he seemed like he knew the guy, but this cab just, stunt flies through the scene like just a crazy stuntman driver and it's a terribly racist name for a cab company considering who's driving it uh, yeah, it's red men cab company right and it's a native company. american driver named geronimo well that's the joke because he's is that actually his name or that's that what, what, that's what they said he goes oh is these the indian cab driver dropped me off yeah i, didn't and know I think they... he's trying to make a play on like you know should yeah. be actual indian. Uh, yeah, yeah indian from but, the subcontinent i don't know but why he's an insane driver I don't know. I but why he, because he, stop, <laughs> stop yeah. asking why now, Chuck. I know. Or you will go insane. Uh, why ask yeah. why? <laughs> but dry, but dry. It's good. Good stunts here. Good, just crazy driving. <laughs> oh my insanity. god, they're doing a lot of fishtailing through intersections. Yeah, yeah. and then like a secret British agent lady is tailing him. Yeah, and... because the guy she was chasing in the beginning has killed two agents and. Billy D. Williams killed is the four last British one. agents and started like killed two American agents right. now and he and, uh, and now one. it's serious business. Right. That's the way they kind of act like and now he started killing American agents. We better stop him. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, well, <laughs> the British agents aren't worth shit. 
Yeah. Well, she's uh, like 27. Apparently, they only have three in America. Right. So yes. We, we have mm-hmm. a short supply. <laughs> yeah. And one, and one of quit, them is so. Billy D. Williams that trips over everything. So we're kind of fucked, actually, in the spy game. <laughs> yeah. But he's he's like, his home's been you know foreclosed on, and they tow his car, which yeah, doesn't mean sure. anything no. ever, but... I think it was just an excuse well, no. to like, like I don't know, maybe get to use that nice house for a second before going to all the shitty locations. Yeah, because it's like he just kind of shows up at this nice house and they don't even go inside. He actually do scales they? over the no. fence and doesn't fall down. Yeah, that was weird. It was, it was like, like, okay, he's gonna yeah. fall. Oh, he didn't. Well, okay. I, they were just. I think they were just setting up the fact that he's used to this lifestyle because he's a secret well, agent. And sure, he's got the car and everything. Sure. And then the government's like, hey, you don't work for us, yoink. Yeah. So now you have to go find a. The amigos are out of the mansion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Take the amigos' clothes. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know, but yeah, so he's, seat, he, he's forced to go. Where does he go first? Does he go see his car friend first, or does he go to the diner first? I think uh, he goes to the matter. diner. Doesn't Either way, matter. he he has to have a place to conduct business now and live. So yeah, well yeah, well he he gets a house separately from the place he's renting out mm-hmm. for okay. for his office above the above the diner. Yeah, because that's, that's where he cooks the duck. Oh, I thought <laughs> yeah. it was the same place. No, okay. no, and that's where we're introduced to um. The owner of the diner, mm-hmm. who's Chino Fats Williams. Yep. Who is very familiar. Who has a distinctive voice, to say the least. Yes. Hey, welcome to the diner. Come on <laughs> yeah. over here. As in, yeah. Yeah. you can understand maybe a third yeah. to a tenth of what he's saying <laughs> at any given sentence. Yeah. Because there are scenes where he's just literally, Billy D says something to him. And he's like, yeah, well, well, you got to all right. Yeah, it's like a worse Wolfman Jack where it's uh-huh. just like, what, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it is uh, incomprehensible. Yeah, but he's in a bunch of stuff. He's in he's in uh, Action Jackson, which is, you know, and Roadhouse and mm-hmm. Weird Science. So, I mean, he's familiar. When you see him, you go, oh, that guy from the yeah, 80s Yeah, well, movies. when you hear him. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know as well. But yeah, yeah so he, sh- he keeps showing up whenever Billy D. Williams is back at his office. Mm-hmm. He'll just go downstairs and sit in the diner, which yeah. is... I enjoyed it because Billy D. Williams is always in a tux. Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> never diner. not in a tux yeah. throughout the entire movie. Yep. And like people will be just sitting there in, you know, shorts and t shirts and like, oh, man, I really yeah, need some it's help. a shitty greasy spoon. And yeah. he's just, you know yeah. And he's just in this tux and he'll sit down and be like, Yes, I'm Brown. James Brown. Nice J- to yeah, you. we didn't even say his name is James Brown. The third. <laughs> yes, James the Brown third. the third. Mm-hmm. So it's always Brown, James yeah. Brown. And eventually we're introduced to his son. Which it, when he when we're introduced <laughs> to him. No idea what's going on. No. It is literally a guy just getting chucked out the front door of a place. In slow motion. A large man. A very large man. He's being thrown out of a mission. Mm Mm-hmm. Like a city mission. Because he was eating too much of their food. Yes. But we we find out all of this through the power of interpretive song (laughs) in the form of a rap. Yep. Mm -hmm. We we get a rap tale that is the verse that is Uh. telling the tale of of Billy Dee Williams' son. James Simultaneous Brown, to it happening. Yes. Like, as he's being thrown out, the rap is it, it's it's like the most generic, like like really you're gonna rhyme that with that? Okay, boy, mm-hmm. you just wrote this on a napkin the day of filming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, here, watch the scene. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Uh and the actor that plays this guy, literally seven feet tall. Yeah? Yeah, he was seven feet tall and God, he had to have weighed 400 pounds. He was a big dude. He was a big dude, and not like a WWE 400 pounds, like a real 400 pounds. Fat giant dude. (laughs) A fat giant. Fat giant. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I. I didn't even need the dude part. He was just a fat fat giant. giant. Yeah. Jamie Cardriche. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what else he did. Not a lot. He wasn't with us long. Buffets. 
he was in Cast a Deadly Spell, which has been recommended for the fan cast. Oh, good. Well, at least we now when we know who he is. When you see that cover, so. you'll know why we haven't done Cast a Deadly Spell yet. Mm, probably yeah. better than this. Yeah. But, so. Uh, so, yeah. But, but he just gets tossed out of the mission. And then, yeah, we, we he shows up. And and the uh, owner of the diner is trying to lead him up. And Billy D. Williams shoots the door. Or shoots, like, it's up a it's staircase. It's a bulletin board, yeah. Yeah, there's a he bulletin board at the top of the staircase. He doesn't he use the secret knock. Okay. Like when he rents a place, he's like, I'm going to tell you a secret knock so that I don't, mm-hmm. you know, because my enemies are going to come in here. But yeah. Whatever. It doesn't matter. So then, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to warn you. We're going to be here like seven hours if we describe every <laughs> scene. <'cause Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah. I just mean like. But anyway, we, we're introduced yeah. to Bumbling we, Son. We got to get the characters in. Oh, okay. Who we learn has gone to medical school and. Law school. Law school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And learned both. Yeah. But he's also a dirty homeless guy. <laughs> yeah. And, and they have the sound of flies buzzing whenever he's on screen. Randomly. They forget to do it a lot. And then mm-hmm. sometimes mid-scene, they will start pumping it in, which is kind of silly. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, yeah. At some point, he, I mean, he he's, I don't know, homeless living in this He's in the city. They're throwing him out of the city mission. Yeah. Right. Because he's hungry. But at some point, he just, he showers and he's mostly normal. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, he's still. He puts on sweats. He's st- Well, he's wearing like long johns. They're not even like sweats. Are they sweats? I, I, I think sweats. they're sweats they're that are sweats. too small. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because well, he's a big dude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, he does clean himself up. He's not gross yeah, in a gross I, but, suit the entire but movie. But his other side story is that uh, Philly like goes on this one of his many tirades against him where he's like, I put you through medical school and you became a doctor and then your grandfather wanted you to be a lawyer. So I put you through law school and you became a lawyer and now you're homeless. And yep. he's like, yeah, well. I need two hundred dollars. Yeah, and and like the weird thing about it is Billy D. Williams' character is kind of oblivious to every single thing that happens in this movie. He, he's nonplussed by everything that happens, except his kid. He flat out hates this kid. Yes, mm-hmm. like like almost awkward and unpleasant random shouting bits in this mm-hmm. movie, where it's not just like comical, haha, you know, idiot son. It's like. Wow, I think if he had a gun, he would shoot you. <laughs> like if he was packing heat right now, he would shoot you in the face. That is how much he hates you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just a weird extra facet to this movie that doesn't and make any sense. But man. I will say this: they do a such a good job of making him as annoying as possible. Yeah, like you could just tell being in the same room with him is annoying <laughs> because whenever he's near anybody, he has to be touching them. Yes. And that's this that's, guy throughout the entire movie. <laughs> this giant seven foot man is always touching yeah. whoever is near him at any given time. And there's a one scene where Billy D. Williams is just freaking the fuck out because he keeps touching him. Yeah. It's like, stop <laughs> touching me. I swear to God. It's like cool, calm Billy D. Williams will just fly into a rage yes. <laughs> because of his idiot son. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, yeah, but he, he joins he, the agency. Yeah. He sticks around because he gives him a job as an aide, a, a spy aide or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So he's now part of the troop. He's he's in. I don't know why. Because he seems so annoyed with him. I don't know why he was just like, look, I will cobble together their $200, just get out of my face. But he actually invites him to live with him, too. That's the other thing. It's just, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just Which bad. he immediately regrets. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because we never see any actual scenes of them living together yeah. or, you know. Yeah. And and at, at the same time, um, the agent who has been following him around is still following him around, just going, hey, what what's the deal? You know, what is going on with this guy? And she keeps calling into the her British boss. And he he's he's like always doing it like he's painting his toenails in one scene or he's always got a bit. Yeah. Just a bit to do some yeah, comedy. Bit. It's like, oh, hello, intelligence here. You know, it's just who cares? Yeah. yeah. So so what are the things that they what are like the cases that they go on? Well, like we haven't talked about him meeting his Q guy, who's the, the mechanic. Right. Because, yeah. yeah, he left a 
a classic car that he completely forgot yeah. that he left there. And he's like, this car is really cool. Who's is it? He's like, it's yours. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Put a starter in it. But yeah. like the, the, the best example of this movie's total randomness is how they get from scene to go see the guy intro to seeing the guy and then seeing the guy because it's just like let's go see my friend cut to him walking through the junkyard for two seconds tripping over a gas can and a goddamn screen filling explosion hat goes off behind mm-hmm. him and then just cut to him inside the mechanic just like well that was weird so it what was, do you got for me this is the least patient movie you'll ever see <laughs> has no time to set up anything it is just now he's here kaboom now let's go to this next thing yeah <laughs> and that's why it feels like it's just like a bunch of skits yeah but that with nothing connecting them. Yeah. But that's even seen to like mid scene. It feels like that. Yeah. And then when they do bother to try to have a transition, like without having Billy D kind of, you know, narrate the the transition, mm-hmm. they have this faux Batman esque, like sideways yeah. swipe yeah. thing. Just it's like <laughs> running newspaper through a microfiche yeah. reader. Just whoosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and but, yeah, it even kind of makes a wish. Oh, it does. It, it's time. violent. Yeah. It violently throws you from scene to scene. And yeah, it's but just some. Like, I mean, some scenes are literally ten seconds long. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, where it's just like da, 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 whoop, whoosh, him like, walking through the junkyard and tripping over that yeah. gas can and it exploding is a fifteen-second scene. I, I don't know. I mean, we could just. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. Like, I know he's main he's threads sent, of plot. I mean, yeah, he's sent on assignments because people have hired him to do stuff. Yeah, um, it's just random. Usually, it's just point. an excuse for. Um, uh, was it Marco Markov? Polo Markov. Yeah, Markov is yeah. like it's just a random excuse for him to like try to kill him because it's usually things like he's set up in some way, I guess, or at least the movie's like. I yeah, guess. one of them is that he this guy has hired him to track down. He thinks his wife's cheating on him. Yeah. And of course, it's Markov has hired the right. cheating wife lady. So they have him. They figure that they have him in this van downstairs watching them and that they can get their guys and get him. Right. But of course, the son d- forgot to buy film for the camera that he's trying to use to take the, f- the photographs. So they decide to go to the photo booth mm-hmm. across the street. And that's when the guys run up and gun the car. And of course, the van explodes in a huge fireball of mm-hmm. God yes, knows what. There were groceries inside. Very flammable <laughs> yeah. groceries. Yeah, it wasn't even their van. They were borrowing it from um, the, the guy, the, the owner of the guy, diner. Yeah. 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 Supposedly to make a delivery. And so it gets blown up. Yep. Yeah. I don't think we really mentioned like exactly how uh, the, uh, the, the British spy lady enters the scene because she's posing as a cab driver. This is another mm-hmm. slightly important yeah. thing. She's posing as a cab driver, gives, gives them a lift. Uh, posing as like a New York cab driver, so she doesn't know where she's going. That when they get to the the queue place, the car lot, I don't know why, because the movie's just like whatever. She's just like I'm going to speed up, run like like thread the needle between two cars, hit the you know the hidden ramp, flip the car over, and have it explode while we're in it. Yep. And it's just, and they all just kind of get out and like, why you? Yeah. And. She's like, what? My car? And, and yeah, yeah, just explosions. It, and it well, was and, on the way there. That they're driving, and dude runs out into the street. He's like, I called the police 20 minutes ago. You have to come in and help me, oh, yeah, strangers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. that's when they, he's like, they're breaking up my bar. And they yeah, go that, in, yeah. and it's just mm. Zeus and some other dude arm wrestling. There's nothing violent going on at all. And Billy D. Williams just walks in the middle, and he's like, let me show you how this is done. And he's like, you idiots are in here being idiots, and just stop being idiots. And so he just gets to finish straight out the window, <laughs> yeah. and then they throw the sun out through like the glass door, and then they leave. They there's never a, actually broke no, anything they did, up. They didn't do anything. And there's a good ADR joke when they oh, throw yeah. the sun out because he's like, I didn't even say anything yeah. <laughs> as he's flying out. So yeah, that was better than the joke yeah. of Billy D. Williams saying, "This is how you're going to take these guys out." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
so yeah so then they get to the, the thing in the car um, also and, he got hit by a car randomly too like because uh, markov was driving a car down the street and yeah. tried to run him over and he actually like bounces off the windshield gets up and goes like hey wait a minute i'll pay for the damage. sorry i broke your windshield yeah. come back <laughs> yeah um so yeah so like this, these are the multiple attempts on his life now um what the hell where were we i yeah brain broken <laughs> uh-huh uh I think the first, like the next, the next case after the cheating husband thing was like old lady uh, comes to the diner and is like, they're stealing pension checks from the old, old person's home. You know, can, you've got to stop them. Mm-hmm. They're, they're stealing our social security. He's like, all right. So they scout it out and like watch the comical mailman. And then like, yeah. like go behind a wall and they're like, <laughs> like guy just walks off with the mailbag. They're like, well, I think that might be our guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And go through this whole stupid rigmarole of, the, the best joke here is like Billy D. Williams is like I got this and goes up to the top of the stairs it's <laughs> like very like a, a full flight of stairs single flight of stairs that goes all the way up a whole level not a split staircase goes up like knocks on the door and the guy opens up the door and goes punch <laughs> and then that's he, the best thing about the whole movie and, then, and the then he proceeds to roll all the way down the stairs <laughs> yeah I mean, it is it is a good like three seconds of just knock door open. Billy just smiling there and just fist Punch. immediately to face, and then he goes down the stairs. And then they like regroup, and he just goes up there. He's like, "I'm James Brown, and I demand you open the store." And it's like, "Okay, well, all right, yeah, come on like in." Some champagne. He's like, "Well, first so I'd like a drink." That way. Yeah, first I'd like a drink. Is champagne okay? Sure, that's great. And he's like, "Well, you're under arrest." I don't think so. I think, I think you need some air. And then he throws him out the window, like yeah. a four story window. Yeah. yeah. And he just lands on the ground and, and like, is like, Damn it. Yeah. And then the the, the girl wrestling. who, yeah, it, eventually it's revealed yeah, she's sorry. his daughter. I it. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. They, Whatever. He's like, it's it's weird because he's trying to seduce her at he's, first. Yeah, he's wooing her. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's making some fancy duck dinner at home. Yeah, yeah. Because she's the secretary for his business now because she blew up the cab and claimed she got fired, even though she was secret agent, just needed to get close to them. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Yeah. So he's. A, the duck blows up in the oven. I was it was that an accident on his part or was that like had, a bomb was planted with the duck? He put the duck in the oven for literally seven seconds. He don't was know. just like, yeah. time to cook the duck and walk into the other room and kaboom. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I thought it then, was an assassination attempt yeah, again, I, but no. I think I think it was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. But they just never bothered to film anything yeah, about but someone. But somehow this makes him realize that that girl is his daughter. No, no, he gets a phone call because he's got a phone on top of the fridge. Yeah, yeah. And as he gets the call, he starts narrating what the call is about. Because mm. no time to actually film a scene with the phone conversation. No. And this is basically like, your mom's this person and I'm your dad. And that's it. Who right. cares? Yeah. That means nothing. Uh, <laughs> and then awkward, like, hey, you have a birthmark on your ass, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. well, that's, then, that's weird. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of that scene. <laughs> yep. There's another case he goes on where... Well, the, yeah, he gets the pension lady money's back, and apparently that was another Markov, like, damn it! He survived getting thrown yeah, out the window. Yeah, the girl goes upstairs, pulls the gun on the guy, and he's like, oh, he's, we, she's like, where's my dad? And he's like, oh, he's downstairs, and you hear Billy D go, oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah. And then but, then there's finally, I think there's finally a scene where they he goes to uh, train, where he, where finally, I think this is like the lo- the movie's very poorly done attempt to explain how he's basically indestructible yeah. because he goes to a training session with, um, I don't know the guy's name, but he's odd job from you know, yeah. the old James Bond movies mm-hmm. um, who basically just punches him for like 10 minutes straight. And yeah. he just kind of stands there like, going, Oh, ah, Oh, ah, okay. Thanks for the session. Yeah. That might've been my best one yet. Yep. And then he just kind of leaves and it's like, I think it was like trying to explain mm-hmm. that he just goes there and gets the shit kicked out of him every week so that yeah. he becomes indestructible. <laughs> so he's so used he gets, to getting yeah. the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. <laughs> 
He but calls yeah, it his ninja lessons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's also one scene that is actually my favorite in the movie is one of these brief 10 second things is they're walking like around the corner of a building and the son has a briefcase and the dad goes, and Billy D goes, don't open that. It's got a bomb in it. He's like, it doesn't have a bomb in it. And then all of a sudden, boom, from behind the corner, like they both, they all get right around the corner. And that's suddenly when it just is, the explosion comes out from behind the wall. And the next shot is them sitting in the office, all of their faces just coated in ash and her hair is yep. blown up. And yeah, yeah standard like, cartoon. And, blown and, and that was like dumb. It was the most, it was like, you know, they were like, oh, this is a good joke, isn't it? We need to do that. We need to fit this in. So it just feels like one of those movies where they were like, we need to fit this in. So they just tossed everything in there. Yeah. But that one scene where he's like, don't open that case. There's a bomb in it. He's like, there's no bomb in it. Boom. <laughs> and then cut to them. Just, I told you there was a bomb in it. Just <laughs> charcoal all over. And us. we haven't touched on the most bizarre case. No, we skipped right yeah. over that. I think no, that's no, no. the I movie's think signature was after, scene. I think like the old lady, I think was the like, you know. No, no, that was before the male fraud. Male fraud came after that. Was yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, fuck. Okay. Not that it matters, but. No. Yeah. Border whatever. Guy comes into the yeah. diner. Stop me if you've heard yep. this one. And he's. First, he's talking to the owner. Yeah. Not, you know, he's, he's like, like, I got, there's spooky noises in my house. Can I pay you to stay there? And the guy's like, nah, you can't. Yeah, I, no. I, 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 Billy D. Gotta go help him. He walks over into course and is talking. He's like, hey, yeah. Brown, James Brown. Right. Mm-hmm. And then just cut to. <laughs> well, he's just like, you know, just gotta stay in my house, make sure I'm not crazy. And then, yeah, they're creeping up to the house and I, they're outside. It's a normal house. There's yeah. really nothing that spooky about it. It's just like, but they're acting like, Ooh. well, the, the sun is, is like, well, they're all kind of like, huh? Well, that, this is a kind of cool place. I yeah. guess it's not weird. And the sun's yeah. like, gotta get, 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 get out of here. You know? Yeah. It, turned, then, it literally turns into Scooby-Doo at this point. Uh, and then, cause uh, he's like, I'm waiting here. You guys, you go, you go investigate the house. I don't care. And then <laughs> a little person dressed as a mummy shows up. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it a little person or is it just a kid? No, it's, it, it's a, it's a little person. Okay. We don't know. <laughs> we, it's look more like a little All person. Right. It is a child. small human being. I don't yeah, think you wrap up a child. A, like it that. is a little person. <laughs> it was we, a sense. we don't it's know. It's somebody small dressed up as yes. a mummy. Yes. Taps the, the sun. He's just like, ah! then, you know, runs up to Billy D's yeah. just like, dad, dad, dad. <laughs> Yeah, so they're just going through this house. And this is when Billy D is just furious at him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he will not keep his hands off him. And no. he's like, no, you know. Yeah. But the, the door does the open up automatically. Mm-hmm. They go inside. And like as soon as they walk inside, there's like evil butler guy standing there like, hello, Mr. Brown, we've been expecting you. <laughs> Knife. <laughs> like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> And then like they turn around like, what was that? And then he's gone, of course. Well, they mainly turn around like, oh, we're getting the fuck out of here. No, they and don't. And no, the they do door, because the, the door doesn't open. Yeah. They turn back around and it's like, oh, he's gone. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. whatever. But like when the door magically opens, Billy D is like, I knew that would happen. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> so then they spend like five minutes looking for a light switch and finally find his light switch. And, and the son goes, oh, lights. And Billy goes, I knew that would happen. It's just pretty good. When they flip on the light, I knew that would happen. <laughs> but then lights. like, and, and then all of a sudden the butler shows up again and he's yeah. like, I hope you enjoy your stay tonight. <laughs> well, he keeps, and he pulls he, out the knife again. He keeps saying, you know, it's like, uh, hope you enjoy y'all's stay. Rah. You know, he, he keeps like spinning it this little way. Like, mm-hmm. if that was my butler, he'd be pretty entertaining. Like, yeah, but then they <laughs> run, walk into a room and say, they run shit. out of that room and he they end up well. <laughs> and they end up in just like a den. And there's a fucking wolf man in the corner, just like, oh, and just doing the robot. It's yeah, a weird, like, pop locking. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, what's wrong with that wolf man? Yeah. They're like, that wolf man has issues. <laughs> well, let's just leave. And then they just, like, 
completely nonplussed wait, 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 wait. that there's a goddamn wolfman. <laughs> there's a goddamn pop locking but wolfman. They're like, ah, they move on. Yeah, they're like, let's go check upstairs. Meanwhile, Hold the thing on. is still in the room, like doing the werewolf pop locking. Yeah, and they're just and like, it's a guy ah. in, dressed up like a freaking wolfman. Yeah, it sure is. And then they get upstairs. Mm. And that is where they meet the rapping mummies. Oh, man. <laughs> Who literally start another terrible rap song about how they're mummies and this is their house now. And that's the art of flow, by the way. Not like, you know, they're, yeah, no. they're yeah. suiting they, up. They are rapped, but they are also rapping. Yes. yes. Uh, there's not even an introduction to it. They just like turn a corner and it's just like, hi, we're the rapping mummies. And, da, 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 and there's like five <laughs> guys dressed up as mummies. Choreographed. Are doing it. And the one guy's doing the moonwalk. Yeah. And. It's it's a, it's like a five minute scene of them just rapping at them, and meanwhile, like <laughs> Billy D and all them are getting more and more freaked out by this. I thought yeah. I was on peyote at this point. I yeah. was like, "What in the, the living one is hell? wearing like the Run DMC hat and yeah. the chains?" Yep, but they're all dressed like freaking mummies. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, what and makes, then they get downstairs. What makes that scene even better <laughs> <laughs> is that they get downstairs. And it's revealed that this is just a scam. Well, they get, get no, it's but just like an that, episode of Scooby Doo. Yes. But before Only that, rapping. when they get downstairs, they're like, "Oh my god, there's a Wolfman here!" <laughs> oh, Holy yeah, shit! Right. Yes, they and do you see the Wolfman they, again, and they're like, "Oh my god!" And that's when they end up running into the basement, right. which is where they find the guys who are just sitting around playing cards, going, "Yeah, they're gonna scare them out of here. We're gonna get this house soon." Why? Why would a choreographed dance troupe of mummies scare anyone out of a house? I'd be like, "Sweet, what else do you guys know?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you, you know, know the electric? Did you know the electric slide? It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, wow, this is great. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it, and then Billy D's voiceover was just like, "Yep, it was a real estate mogul just wanted that property cheap." Yeah, the butler was a real estate agent. Yeah, and he wanted the old dude out of the house, and we solved the case. Yeah, but this is all just voiceover. But it's, it's just <laughs> like this is in the middle of this movie. Like, like uh-huh. it's like suddenly. It's- Ridden the video for Thriller for no reason. <laughs> and keep in mind, this movie is only 70 minutes long. 70. It felt, <laughs> it felt longer. And that's five minutes of credits at the end. Yeah, it felt longer than <laughs> 70 minutes. <laughs> it's just huge chunks of movie, just non-existent, just like mm-hmm. cut to, cut to, cut to. Yeah. And in the middle of this secret agent movie is goddamn Scooby-Doo episode yeah. with rapid mummies. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pop-bogging werewolf. <laughs> you seem to keep glossing over that. I know. <laughs> well, they did. <laughs> they were it's... just like, well, that's peculiar. <laughs> I'm sorry. Grabbing mummies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's... There's it's only a, so much one man can take. It's a pun. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Pop locking werewolf. No. No. That's where my brain breaks. Does not compute. <laughs> Back for some of those pop locking werewolves. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah. So they solved that case. <laughs> yep. And, yep. Then, and eventually they, they track down Markov and they realize, well, we need to get yeah. him. And Billy D gets, they get into the dude's hotel room. Yeah. And Billy D sprays like some knockout gas that's in an aerosol can. Yep, sure. Knocks him out. He's like, Yeah, I could have killed him then, but I didn't. Yep. And just kind of like takes plans from him or something and takes the, the clip sure. out of his gun. He meanders around in that room for what felt like forever, just like, What are you doing? Like the directors just keep telling him, Now touch this. Now go mm-hmm. touch that. It's just like, Just take that thing and get out, you idiot. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's, so he has. He basically, we were like, oh well, I guess he defeated him or something. But nope. Next scene is like the guy waking up, going through his room, going, oh, he took the plans, and then kidnapping the daughter and Billy <laughs> Billy D. Williams having to give back the plans. Mm-hmm. Like the next scene. Yeah, well, it cuts to like they go back to his office and they're like, we're going to get Chinese food later. And then Markov shows up, takes the girl, calls Billy D on the phone and is like, we'll tell you tomorrow where to meet us. Mm-hmm. Cut to him meeting them in a parking yeah. garage. In a parking really, garage. Really, the excuse was to get him in a cape. Yeah. Because he had not worn a cape before this. He'd won a, worn a Scarlet, uh, Scarlet, a Sherlock Holmes outfit. Yes. It went over his tuxedo at one point when, yeah. he, was, when he was on a case. <laughs> that's right. He was sure. Because that's the least conspicuous thing. You could wear when you're a detective. Yeah, and and in the and the and the son was wearing a giant Sherlock Holmes outfit with him as well at some point. Because yeah. there's the one scene where the guy comes and steals the radio. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's and right. And then runs around the corner and the radio explodes. Yeah. And the guy goes flying and it's like, what? Yeah. Well, they what? had they had set that stupid joke up because they got right. that from the Q thing. He's like, turn it to 103 and then it explodes, blows yeah. up in four seconds. Mm-hmm. Or that's something. when Billy D got the invisible bulletproof vest. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, which is what saves him because as soon as he gives over the plans, he gets shot in the chest. Yep. Right. And Markov's like, ha ha, I win. Yep. Well, they're both like, you shot my dad. And he's like, dad, ha ha. <laughs> you dumbasses. <laughs> and then leaves. Right. <laughs> and then they leave. Like his two kids yeah, are like, they well, leave to go chase down Markov. Well, the son is like, I guess I'm a detective now. And yeah. he starts to leave. And his sister's like, uh, excuse me, I'm tied up to a, a trash can here. Can you? And he's like, eh, all right, you can be my assistant. And they just fucking leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, there's a scene of Billy D getting up and making a phone call, which you can't even really hear. I think he called the cab guy again. Okay, because, yeah, cab driver shows up. But this leads to, like, a gunfight on a roof where Billy D shows back up and no one acts like, oh, you're alive. No. They're just like, can't oh, good, bothered. Billy D's here now. Let's yeah. let's keep well, going. The two of them, she is a trained secret agent. Let's keep this in mind. Yeah, she's an the... actual trained secret agent. Right. And she's trying to shoot him and he's shooting back. Mm-hmm. And then... The son is just like, give me the gun. I learned how to shoot. Give me the gun. Yeah. And he's like wrestling her for the gun. Yep. She's like, no, I'm a fucking secret agent. <laughs> yeah. That what goes are on, you doing? That goes on for a good minute of yeah. just this tug of war. Until Billy D finally runs up and goes, what are you guys doing? And grabs the gun and starts shooting and chasing the guy. But he's, they have him running across this roof wearing this red Dracula cape, yeah. basically. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what it and is. And he's Dracula-ing throughout the scene, just like... <laughs> he's raising up the cape and jumping around. Draculing? Is that yeah, Draculing. You, yeah, Draculing. That works. Yeah, yeah. he, he jumps down like a little three-step thing and <laughs> blows the cape out yes, as he does. he does it. It's. But then they also have it become a joke because he keeps wrapping his arm up with the gun, <laughs> oh, with the cape, mm-hmm. and then like he's like, oh, get that off, and then it goes over his head. And, and they this start is all playing the his theme of, song this while all, this is yeah, happening. All in the middle of a gun fight yeah. <laughs> and then i don't know the guys uh, the bad guy markov's like climbing some stairs and drops his the plans and his gun and it's just like well i've gone too far i'm three steps up <laughs> yeah i better just keep going yeah and then there's like this weird standoff on the on the roof <laughs> where he's just like ha you got me i guess not and he like you know badly done russian accent starts singing elvis yeah. or something and then yeah. like heartbreak hotel jumps off the roof and then uh parachutes down to the pool area, which is like, you know, a third of the way up this this very tall hotel. Right. But this is a horrific way, stunt. The way this <laughs> stunt happens, this stunt 100% went wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, because he jumps off the building and pops the chute, you know, like five floors I think the chute was already out. I think yeah. someone was just holding it. Yeah. Like, but the way this 
the way the shoot pops, yeah. he almost hits the side of the building yep. Yep. immediately. Yep. Yeah. It's like he, pretty scary. You know, the, the, like the pendulum effect you get when a parachute goes off, he like almost like is turned around the wrong way and almost like pendulums right into the building. Yeah. And he ends up like cutting around the corner and coming down yeah. mm-hmm. on What's the funny, other side on the front of the building. It's but, funny is the credits are like, <laughs> obviously the guy that did the stunt was like somebody, somebody, the sky wizard. And it's like, I don't know how much of a wizard. <laughs> yeah. The credits almost said R.I.P. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was they well, probably we called all, him that because he miraculously like, didn't die. He did that. And then like you see him take that sharp turn towards the building. We were like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> this just turned into a snuff film. <laughs> yep. We're going to watch that man die. <laughs> oh, I'd say that boy. That stunt was pretty hairy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Damn it. But yeah. Holy shit. And then, like, like, there's just, like, narration of, well, I guess he got away, and now mm-hmm. I'm super awesome guy again, and mm-hmm. now we're going to go see a lady sing. Mm-hmm. So, because <laughs> he gets, like, a phone call. It's like, African music. Let's go listen to it, everybody. Ha <laughs> ha. They go to this club. Uh, it's just and they're just terrible. enjoying music and mm-hmm. Markov shows up and is like, yay, and I got the plans. And yeah, and the, well, no, Markov well, yeah, sneaks okay, up behind first. him and it's all in slow motion and he's got a gun to Billy's head. And then all of a sudden you just hear ping and Markov goes down and the guards like immediately take him out. Mm-hmm. And then that's when his boss comes in. It's like, how'd you do it? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then there's just awkward dialogue, casual yeah. conversation yeah, the chick from the stage comes down. It turns out that the little instrument she would been using was actually a yeah. gun yep and mm-hmm. so like, she's the one who like killed a gord him maraca I yeah don't it's know. and she's <laughs> agent 34 34 yeah and and grandel bush just dances around for yeah, a little and while they're all like haha we're all happy now yep and then it just like it fades out and goes to credits like mid narration yeah. like like there's a long time of narration left not just like a couple words left it's like yeah just still going he's like, still talking they're they're like nope they we just, gotta get out of here they Billy just D. ran out of footage in that club <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we've got to go. The studio's asking for us to leave. Mm, yeah. They're turning the lights out, Billy D. Talk faster. We're playing this music. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's one like- other scene of note I just want to point out because, like, you know, if we're if we're going to fairly gauge the <laughs> fuck upness of this movie, uh-huh. um, they they go to bus. Like, I don't know why this yeah. is a, a, a detective scene. Oh right, yeah. but they go to bus. Like, I assume what are coke dealers or some kind of drug dealers, <laughs> mm-hmm. and. They have this really dumb thing where Billy D's. I think this is the one time he's not wearing a tux. He's wearing a, yeah, he's in it, a priest oh, outfit. Yeah, he's in a priest outfit. Yep. Um, I the, I don't know the the daughter's just dressed kind of normal. I yeah. don't know. Like they not... call him the tux of the church. Okay. <laughs> Do they? And then for they whatever don't. reason, the it's large, the giant, seven foot tall, four hundred pound son that has a full beard, by the way, yeah. has Tyler parried his way into a uh, yeah, a church they have lady him outfit. Yeah. Big yeah. Time. Yep. And they they go knocking on the door and are like, hey, we're selling uh, sweet potato pies for the church for a fundraiser. And then, and then the guys inside are like, I don't know. He looks like a reverend or something. I guess let him in. <laughs> let him in. And then immediately totally go after in. the son, I guess, because they see a beard and they're like, why are you here? Who sent you? Why Who are you here? You? Yeah. And he's just, he freaks the fuck out like, and fucking farts all over like green smoke farts out of his ass and knocks everybody out. Yeah. Like they actually used green smoke yeah. coming yes. out of his ass. Yeah, it knocks everyone out, yeah. including Billy D. But the the daughter was safe because she had an oxygen pill. Had, oxygen you know, pill. She had, yeah, she had Uncle Bert's magical <laughs> oxygen pill or something. I don't know. She said something, some yep. dumb shit. I don't know if it was the car guy or something. It but pre- yeah, it was. Whatever. Mm. She had an oxygen pill, which that's a thing, I guess. And, yeah. And yeah, that was just another <laughs> random like, what the fuck is this scene? Like, guys, <laughs> we got to film the fart scene. 
What does it mean? <laughs> just, just go with farts. me. Frank figured out how to do People green smoke. Like we're doing it. Farts. <laughs> People do like farts. Ha! <laughs> People only like their own farts. Uh, oh well, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's one of the scenes. Yeah, yeah that I is just, a scene I mean, in this movie. I just, it's impossible to articulate the randomness of this movie. Oh, I think we did pretty good. No, <laughs> we did as good as we possibly. I think could. we randomly jumped around a lot. Yeah. I just, you know, I mean, people in the live stream chat are very confused right now by what we're mm-hmm. saying. We're confused. So, yeah. Sharing our confusion. Yeah. So. Stargrove. It, it achieves a Stargrove. Stargrove during the credits. Yeah. Because Billy D starts rapping. He does. Yeah. Rapping about what has just happened. A song written by his son. Yes. I think it was performed by his son. Yeah. I'm not sure. No, Billy D was credited what? as actual okay. rapping. Now. His son was the rapping mummy. Yes. So that was credited to him. But so you've got Billy D rapping about what's going on in the film. You've got an entire scene where a character is introduced through literal rapping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the secret, the secret agent double soul theme song, which keeps <sighs> popping up. It's, it's like their slider bar on the mixer was broken and it only had like really high and off. Because mm-hmm. music will just pop up in this movie like, whoa, and then it's gone. Like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but that his his music too, like his theme song mm-hmm. sounds like it was done on like an eight channel MIDI, like like an ad lib card from 1989. Well, they have that it very well may have. Yeah. Been. And they have that one piece of music that they use for all the incidental bits. Yeah. It just sounds like like the lobby music in a hotel in yeah. Leisure Suit Larry or something. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. You nailed it. <laughs> yep. You know, and whenever you're in that room, it's just going to loop. Yep. And that's pretty much what this little song does. But yep. they do it throughout the movie all the time. Whenever he's doing something that's supposed to be like, "Hey, he's doing secret agent sleuthy stuff." Yep. This is what they do. Yep. So then we we have to rate it, and this is where it's going to get very interesting. <laughs> I think it might. Uh, I can sense a split here in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might. <laughs> So, uh, you want to get the negative out of the way first? I, I don't even. <laughs> know what to say. I come on, come on, do it. Come on. Do there it. aren't words. People have not invented words for this. Come on. That's why this movie's been buried. <laughs> I have words for it. We go, it please, for the love of all of everything. At least it's not forbidden zone. Four bags. <laughs> Goodbye. Well, wow. that was succinct. For it reminded me of Forbidden Zone. Okay, fair in, in a bad way. Oh, like, yeah. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spew my thoughts and then maybe try to come to a rating afterwards. See yeah, you what, can see, just copy what see I what, said. See what happens. All right. Um. Okay. I know I've said in the past you have explosions. It's hard for me to give you bags. I'm gonna throw that on the table first. <laughs> um. This is probably I, I we have continually said this. I think this might be the worst mo- made movie we've seen. Period. Like, yeah, I, I I just can't think of anything more incompetent. I think Samurai Cop is more incompetent than this. No, I disagree with that. I disagree with that hard like that. I knew what was happening story wise in this. This was a random collection of nonsense okay. and with no editing whatsoever. 
Yeah, um, Samurai Cop has a through line. This yeah. does not. No. Okay. All right. I mean, so like, just I mean, storytelling wise, this is the worst movie. Uh, storytelling wise, yeah. yes. I think filmmaking wise, I think you could argue Samurai Cop is a worst made film. Yeah, but I mean, that's I mean, I hate to say, a story is a big part of a movie unless I, you're making avant garde shit. Do not disagree you know, with you. unless you're filming tomato soup cans like some assholes in the sixties. But, um, ah. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, like there, there's a there's a there's like an oddity to this movie that I can't I can't completely discount. Like, I kind of want to make everyone watch this movie. At the same time, I don't ever want to be one of them again. If that makes any <laughs> sense whatsoever, like I kind of want to say, there's this movie. It's a thing. Your your brain is going to melt. I'll see you later. I'll see you in seventy minutes, because. It's part of like that whole like ring thing. Like you, I, please try to make sense of that of this for mm. me. <laughs> but I think because I can't watch, I can't see myself ever watching this again. It has to go in the bags territory, and I'm, I think I've talked myself into two. Sounds about right. Because like bags, yeah, two bags. I mean, I just think like because like one, I might could see myself sitting in the room. Two's like in the like the nah. But I, but at the same time, I want people to see this movie. If that makes any sense, because mm-hmm. like you should see this, like what the fuck is this? Just don't ha- don't include me. <laughs> Talk to me about it afterwards. All right. <laughs> I know Chuck and I are going to be pretty high. Oh yeah, we laughed. You already are high. <laughs> we laughed You're fucking high. We laughed so much. I. It's been a long time since we've genuinely laughed at a Bamfcast movie like this. Yep. And. This one did hit me on the same on that samurai cop level, that bird demic level. That I can't believe they actually finished making this movie level. Elves, yeah, yeah. Because was I the lone one who liked elves? Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I regret that. I still regret that, and I'm gonna make up for it when they come <laughs> to me. But you go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, I I had so much fun with the complete randomness of this. And it's it's terribly made. Boob mics pop up, like Billy D. Williams falling down for no reason. He's and he's completely inconsistent because half the time he looks like he doesn't give a shit, and then every once in a while there's like lines where it's like, "Oh, this Billy D. Williams," like yeah. like he just shows up, yeah, for certain scenes, and it's like, "Wow, like that's the dude you wanted like the whole time, but he's not there all the time." Yeah. And ah, uh, it's terrible, but it's great. It's four jocks. <laughs> Um, I, I am almost there with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would not only recommend this to other people, I would watch it with them. Yes, I, I would. Have I a, would too. I would have a great time gauging people's reactions. Like I know the right. Re- I, I, if I saw it again, I wouldn't even know what was coming next because it's so goddamn random. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would enjoy the reactions of other people. I think this can be that kind of movie that if the draft house played it, it would catch on like. Miami oh, connection yeah. and all that stuff because it is, it is so random and so badly made, but also strangely charming. And there are things in it that are kind of legit funny and the stunt stuff. They know how to film. The stunt stuff is done very well. It's out of place and pointless. Yep. But when all of That's a sudden a dude more fun. <laughs> just walks by and punches a guy off a motorcycle and takes that motorcycle and jumps it over a fence. That's a stay. <laughs> yep. That's pretty good. Asylum movies can't do that shit. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not quite at a four jocks. I'm at three. All right. I can give this three jocks. I can wholeheartedly recommend this if you can find it. Good luck. Yeah. But if this movie got some mainstream play somewhere, it would become the next 
Samurai Cop, Miami Connection, that kind of thing. It is that kind of movie. I, su- yeah. I suppose in that in in a, in a big group setting in. I, I can't distance myself from like calling it straight up bad when it comes to like Rocky Horror, but like if you were to watch this in a group like let's shit on this movie as it's happening, I might watch it again. Yeah. Like if it was like that kind of like duh this, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Like I didn't think I'd ever watch the room again. I've seen the room like four times now because a couple times have been let's fucking watch this with people. <laughs> right. You know, so uh, yeah. I mean if you're gonna go in like that kind of like it's okay to talk in the audience and let's do stupid things, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I just think like I look never at hardware. Sit, and never like, would sit around again and watch this with yeah, myself. I, I just look at like hardware, oh, and God. I would just be like, I would never tell anyone to watch this. I don't ever want to see another frame of it. I and look they're at, showing like, hardware at the draft house. I know, and I don't get on that. thirty-five millimeter. But I see like you know like Death Warrant. You're like ah, that movie's all right. It just doesn't do what it needs to do. But this, I would say, of all the movies we've watched this month, maybe China O'Brien withstanding because that's got really good action in it. Yeah. But like. If you can find this, really, really watch it. I mean, it's you will have a good time with it if you were looking for that kind of bad good time. Mm-hmm. So, huh. and it gets to Stargrove. Yep. <laughs> Do not watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> totally watch this. Movie. Grind your genitals into paste. Whoa! No. Whoa! Instead, yikes. Let's take no. a break, yeah. shall we? That's enough about this. We've almost talked longer than the movie itself. I just that was what I was pushing oh, for. The best part. <laughs> Why were you pushing for that? You're terrible. So we could sync it up and sell it as commentary. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, fine. Uh, banter, banter, banter. Billy D. Williams sums it all up. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Let's take a break. All right, and welcome back. Hey, hey. Bamcast. Second, Second half time. Half number two. Um, so. Who's watched movies? Because it's not me. I have watched movies. Yeah? Yeah. And I've watched movies. Why don't you go first, BJ? Um, okay, movies. I will do that. I will go with... Um, shit, I don't know which is newest, actually. <laughs> but I'm going to go uh, with... the one that came out the Flip a coin. Recent. Yeah, I don't know which one. That, oh. which one came out? Pick one. Most recently, um, which do you want to talk about first? I'm going to start out low, and then we'll talk about the, the something good. Yeah. So, um, the now infamous uh, movie, The Interview, starring Seth Rogen and James Franco, uh, is available on Netflix for streaming now. It is true. And I figured that uh, since I did not have to really pay out any extra money to mm-hmm, see it mm-hmm. uh i'd go ahead and watch it while i was eating dinner last that night. was taking up precious how it's made time though <laughs> <laughs> no but i've already seen all oh, the how it's okay made, okay so i know how everything is made mm-hmm. except for this um, movie no i know how it's made. Oh, okay. um Film. poorly is it <laughs> would be my response to that um and and no i don't really mean that it was poorly made because it's you know it's obviously got a lot of polish to it but i didn't really get like I get the movie. I get the, what they're trying to do, um, but I, it did not catch me. I did not like. I think I posted on Twitter that I, I I didn't laugh. I smirked a couple of times, and it's a very meh movie to me. Nothing in that movie resonated with me. I didn't. I can tell they were trying to make jokes, 
you know like <laughs> that is true like it's like it's like half a, of our reviews like a, yeah it's yeah. like a like a bad there there aren't really really any good analogies that i can that i can sell you on here but as a as a movie it's frighteningly predictable there's nothing wrong with the way it's shot um the acting as such is sort of non-existent like it's like james franco and seth rogan being james franco and seth rogan and there's a guy doing a fairly racist caricature of kim jong-il or un and there's a girl doing a fairly racist caricature of a female north korean and uh then there are a bunch of jokes that fall incredibly flat and a couple explosions and and you're done well like, i mean it's it's not so much jokes as it is cobbled together the best ad-libbed craziness and pass it off as jokes. That's sad. <clears throat> that's that's comedy like, these days. They And it doesn't even seem like it's necessarily that ad-libbed or it's just people that aren't funny being ad-libbed. And theoretically, Seth Rogen is supposed to be funny, but I just don't see it in this. And I, I don't like hate it. I just think it's a very inconsequential movie and had... Had Sony not gotten hacked by whoever it was, it would have come and gone, and nobody would have cared. It, it would have fallen incredibly flat. But it would have made about as, as much money as it ended up making. Maybe because it just didn't make that much money on the internet. So yeah, it would have it would have been a tremendous failure in theaters because of what it cost. Yeah. So I mean, either way, like it, it doesn't deserve the footnote of 2014 that it will be. It doesn't even deserve that. It just it really deserves to just kind of. I almost feel like the world moved on from it mm-hmm. the week after it came out, and everyone was like, eh, is that really worth getting upset about? And then no one yeah. gave a shit. Like, I haven't even heard anyone mention the Sony hack in, like, the last month. Yeah. Now, granted, there's been a bunch of other shit going on, but right. yeah. that story's done. Yeah, Like, it's... nobody cares. So Yeah. Like, I'm not mad. <laughs> okay. I'm not offended that, like, two hours of my life was stolen or anything. Uh-huh. It's just, I might as well have been just watching a blue screen the entire time I was eating dinner. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. We had fun as a group when we watched it. We laughed quite a bit. Yeah, we did. But I mean, it's, I think it was Gene Siskel that said, you can't convince someone what's funny and you can't convince someone what's sexy. Yeah. So some things work for some people. Some things work, don't work for other people. Um, I did see a movie that uh, I had actual uh, strength of opinion on. Oh, cool! <laughs> which is which is good. Uh, Friday night went to the uh, local independent uh, theater, which now has two screens. Whoa! Um, How'd they do that? Oh, nice. Uh, they they built the room. Put the one up. Oh, okay. yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> they put it in front, closer to the street. Oh. Anyhow, I saw Selma. And um, oh, that's right. That was your Friday night extravaganza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, had a big night. Actually, I. I mean, you got uh, on Facebook at like at midnight on Friday. It was like, fuck yeah, Selma. I'm like, yeah, really? That's your Friday night announcement. <laughs> well, <laughs> dude, I mean, I, I wasn't messing with my phone a whole bunch that night. Cause okay. I, I had, I did have a big night, you know, went out to dinner, um, had a couple drinks, uh, watched a civil rights movie, watched a civil rights movie yeah, and then do. went out and had some more drinks. That's, so yep. by the time I got home, I was still excited about, uh, having seen Selma. Um, but it's really strikingly good. Um, it is, it's really well made. Um, Michael Oyelowo is, or some, I'm sorry, sorry, uh, David Oyelowo, um, is really outstanding. Um, 
there are there are points where you forget that it's a uh, a film, and you almost feel like you know you almost feel like it's a documentary. Um, that's I think how well he captures uh, parts of uh, parts of Doctor King. It's uh, you also feel really really angry at George Wallace a whole lot um, in that movie. And as you should, <laughs> as you should, because he's a, a shit heel. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there are some people who said that they that they felt like um, Lyndon Johnson was sort of unfairly treated in it. And I, nope, that's been the primary complaint about this movie. Yeah, and what? Yeah, that's your primary complaint. Um, Lyndon Johnson uh, <laughs> is a career Texas politician, um, and it's sort of. Everything I know about Johnson, that's pretty much how he was about everything. Like he was, he was a shrewd politician, mm-hmm. and like if you're if you're mad that Lyndon Johnson was portrayed as sort of trying to push off uh, uh, King for his own political gain, then you should just be mad at Lyndon Johnson for his entire political career. Mm. Um, you know, Johnson did help some things, some good things happen, but it's not like he did all those things for altruistic reasons. He did all those things. He did things to further his political career. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're mad at a politician for being a politician and then being, per- or if you're mad at a politician being portrayed as a politician, then you need to reevaluate the way you think about politicians. Yeah. And people having that argument doesn't really make sense to me anyway, because any, any movie's going to take dramatic license with things. I mean, documentaries take dramatic license. Right. And they have the exact footage of the exact thing that happened. Right. And yet, in the editing, they can make it seem however they want. And to act like a movie has to represent every side, it's yeah. like that That would make movies suck. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, like yeah. you don't want a mixed message about things. And Well, you I know, know that, like, the standard response to this, a lot of people have said, well, you know, Argo totally just fabricated you know, it's like it was Canadians who went in yeah. and actually did this, not, not us. Uh, but everyone loves that movie and it got acclaim and everyone loved it. And, yeah. and no one made this big stink about it. So why are we making this big stink about this? It's it's weird. The battles that are picked and chosen mm-hmm. over what's historically accurate and what's not, um, you know, it's like a movie like Quiz Show comes out and it's totally not even close to what actually happened in that yeah. story. The story was 10 times more interesting and they just dumb it down for a movie. And people are like, wow, that's that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It you know happens all the time. For I, I, better I, guess, or for worse. I mean, you know, if you're if you watch them, here's the way I look at it. If if it's a historical representation of a thing, you en- if you enjoy the movie enough that it makes you seek out additional information about it, well, well done, yeah. movie. Yeah, you yeah. know, then you totally. read about history, and that's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it. I mean, it. But good or bad history, learning about it is good. Yeah, um, and I have been sort of yeah reading up on the on the gaps. You know, and sure. because the American education system does a very poor job of uh, teaching you who Dr. Martin Luther King was, they teach you "I Have a Dream," and then it's fucking on to the next, on to the next thing because it's Most, not February. I don't anymore. think any history class I ever took at any point in through college ever made it past World War II. Nope. I, had I to don't take, think a single one made yeah. it past World War II. I had ever. to take a class called Contemporary History that started in the 60s mm-hmm. just to find out what happened in my lifetime. Yeah. Because no, I realized every history class I was taking was never even getting close yeah. 
and it's the like, only great, time the new deal i get it that boy that was a right. big deal but you know what yeah. my dad was in vietnam i'd like to know what happened yeah. well that's because <laughs> that's because people like i i think uh, as part of our the, the sort of the time period when when we were all you know in school the the jury was still out on vietnam and they weren't really talking about it that much i think mm-hmm. um but yeah it was only it's, it's pretty much only black history month that we got anything um right and it was rosa parks martin luther king uh next yeah and uh, africa yeah, and everyone lives happily ever slavery yeah right. slavery was bad the we got the civil rights act so we're yeah. all cool everything's mm-hmm. cool there's abraham lincoln and we pretty much made it legal but some things went down and then yeah. in the 60s everything was magically good yeah well okay. they, yeah they don't even but they don't even talk about any no, any of no, it. um so anyhow um a mere hundred years later right <laughs> sort of back to the back to the movie um i haven't seen any of the other uh movies that uh had a best actor nomination mm-hmm. but i don't know how you can pass over uh something like this in a in a movie that's this strong and powerful and especially how well i think uh a yellow Woad delivered as uh, as dr king so i can't really say that he deserves the he nomination. deserves the nomination but i can really see where people are upset about it um it does look like it was nominated for best picture mm-hmm. and i haven't seen any of the rest of those movies either um but <laughs> all right well but i hope so it wins it's your default I guess, winner. Uh, yeah you're yeah it's my default best oscar uh, best picture all my pick. oscar picks selma yeah. right um <laughs> and oprah winfrey was in it which is kind of funny <laughs> i was like hey look there's oprah mm-hmm. and i was like no I, I can't think about it being oprah i have to get back into this movie real quick um because <laughs> it's it's slightly distracting because i'm like oh look that's oprah winfrey mm-hmm. she's trying to vote oh <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Just, really, they just did like a little. Stunt. I haven't seen it yet. No, it's not like a stunt casting because I mean, no, she was one of the no, producers. No. Yeah. She, yeah. Well, it's, it's I mean, it's movie. not really stunt casting because they don't say, "Hey, fucking Oprah went." Well, I didn't yeah, know she but was when in someone, it. I mean, she's not. She started. She had, did a lot of acting early on, and, mm-hmm. and you know, here and there. But it's like she hasn't in a while. It's like it's still, she plays a role. It's not. I know, but she's not now known as an actress. It's like. It's like Madonna showing up in the James Bond movie. It's like, well, that's just distracting. You know, it's like that. Doesn't... She wasn't in the Butler, was she? Lee Daniels, the Butler. Yeah. Did she? I mean, I don't know. I just last thing thing I saw her in was Beloved, which is you know. Oh God! Yeah. Yikes! But <laughs> she's not good. Yeah, it was like it, it was it was a momentary distraction. You okay. Know, Oprah being in there. Um, Happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was yeah, in the public. Uh, okay. Yeah, apparently, I mean, everyone says the reason it's not nominated for more Oscars is because their parent company or whatever screwed up when they put it out, when they promoted it, all that stuff. Because the Oscars, it's, just there's be, so much. It's, it's a popularity There's so contest. much politicking that yeah. people just don't. You I, know, I mean, Shakespeare in Love beat out Saving Private Ryan, which everyone's still like, really? Like, nobody remembers Shakespeare in Love anymore. Mm-mm. You know, and everyone still remembers Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Because Miramax basically used to just. They were an Oscar factory. Yeah. And well, they, they and knew they how to make knew them. They knew how, how to campaign them. and they yeah. knew how to cater to the right people and talk to them. And it's kind of the yeah. same thing happened with Selma where it was like they, it was too late for mm-hmm. these things to happen. But, you know, somehow American Sniper got all these nominees, oh. even though coming out last, yeah. you know, the last week of the year, same thing. But apparently like it was just mismanaged completely. And that's why 
the uh, the director she wasn't nominated mm-hmm. for a directing Oscar and yeah. um and the actor I I forget his name because I haven't seen it but David Oyelowo yeah David Oyelowo he he didn't get nominated either and they say that that was a big part of it was all the politics yeah. and the timing of it and I, but I and when you oh, have cases the, the, like the that the great you know thing what? is like the Oscars kind of just keep further invalidating themselves year after yeah. year yeah, it's kind I, of amazing like it's a big deal sure you know but. At the same time, it's like who gives a shit? Yeah, it's good, just a it's good just performances a bunch of like, and movies get remembered, mm-hmm. right? Regardless, yeah, it's it's it. I'm not gonna look at a movie and go, "Oh, that was an Oscar winner! Wow, that's great." Mm-hmm. Um, from at least from this time period, you know, it's it's not that important these days. But I I do hope it wins because it's a. It, it, I ho- I hope more people get exposed to it because mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a good film and it's powerful and it mm-hmm. sort of it's a good look at a at a really terrible point in history but um something that important uh, it's important yeah i was trying to figure out how to say important without like and give it the proper gravitas gravitas yeah Mm -hmm. um but yeah an an important part of 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 our history that people need to know know about and pay more attention to and and understand hopefully actually you know the strange thing is the snub may have helped it more I mean, because I mean, Possibly. honestly, sometimes the things that the Oscars forgets are the things that people get talking about more than everyone's like, oh, that shit won an Oscar. Great. Whatever. I mean, because especially over the last years, over the last few years, it's been some pretentious shit that are like people are like, well, I've never even heard of that. Whereas like the things people are like, what that? Everyone like that. Yeah. Those are the things. Well, people, like the mm-hmm. artist has come and gone. Right. Like, nobody gives a shit about the artist anymore. <laughs> right. So yeah. it was fine, but it's not. But yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was my my yeah, yeah. my two big movie watchings. Yeah. Okay. So definitely see Selma. I saw Gone Girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, yep. it's one of those I like you. It's it's hard to discuss the movie because it feels like everything past maybe the first twenty minutes becomes a spoiler because it is one of those movies that jerks you around a lot because it's it presents a lot of events. And gives you one perspective on them, and then eventually gives you the other perspective on them. And you're like, okay, all right, yeah, okay, maybe, yeah. It, it's kind of it jerks you around quite a bit, and I will give it credit for being really unpredictable <laughs> throughout that whole movie. But goddamn, like that goes some weird, weird places, and like Chuck <laughs> said, ends in one of the most horrifying places <laughs> it can end. Yeah frightening yeah but and that's the thing it's so weird because it's like it's i i understand like i get why people don't like the ending my wife despised the ending because there's very much a sense of it's it's super misanthropic it's like basically everyone in that movie ends up in a shittier place by the end of that movie Mm -hmm. except for tyler perry who's awesome (laughs) yeah Yeah. Like straight up, like the second he sets foot into that movie, you're like, holy shit, this guy's awesome. Mm -hmm. And it makes me understand why people enjoy Tyler Perry movies so much. It's like, because I never saw that guy. I saw the one in Star Trek who's like, did you crash a starship? (laughs) Is that all you have to say? You know, like who looked like he could not give less of a shit about being in that movie. Mm -hmm. And so it's weird how engaged he is in this one and how charismatic he is. Yeah. Throughout that movie. And Ben Affleck, I've always liked Ben Affleck. I was never on the, God, this guy's a fucking piece of shit bandwagon. Like, I was like, this guy is actually pretty good. And he seems like a dude I would hang out with in real life. And 
he's really good. And so much of the stuff he does in the beginning of that movie is just like, ah, like, like you're, you're like, no, don't, no, don't, don't. But then you think about it and you're like, I would probably end up accidentally doing the exact same shit he's doing in the beginning of this movie. Yep. You know, where it's like your wife's been kidnapped and people are like, pose for a picture with me. And, you know, when somebody's snapping a picture, the reflex is to smile. And so it's like every time he smiles, when somebody takes a picture, you're like, don't smile. Your wife is gone. You can't do that. I would do the exact same bullshit. I would be overthinking it so hard that I would end up in those dumb mm-hmm. traps. And as soon as a picture snapped, he'd be just like, fuck. Just, yeah. Just, please don't. I mean, like his realization of please delete that. Yeah. You know, that would be me. And, and, and you know, immediately people mm-hmm. would say you're crazy yeah and there and of course there's i will say the media satire stuff felt kind of tired you know it's kind of like i get it you know we all get it you know every talking head news program is a piece of shit nancy grace is a piece of shit you know you have a surrogate nancy grace in here being a piece of shit so that stuff was kind of like didn't hit in the place i think they wanted it to at least for me but yeah, it's well made, but goddamn, I never want to watch that movie again. I'll tell you that. Yeah, no. I The only reason I would is David Fincher apparently has a commentary on the on the uh, Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. So I'd be really curious to hear like some of what he was going for if he discusses any of that because his other commentary tracks have been pretty good. Yeah. But that would also involve watching Gone Girl again. Did you so. did you read the the article I saw about like the cat? Did you ever see anything about that? Mm-mm. Like mm-hmm. how they no. were like there was a strange article. I don't know if it was on like slash film or something like that, but it was like, it was talking about how the, um, like there almost needs to be going back to the stupid Oscars almost needs to be like an, uh, uh, an animal Oscar or some kind of recognition for like getting animals that can be in your movie and not fuck it up. Yeah. And like it went, when it went into great examples about the use of the pet cat in, in gone girl about how Fincher was like, m- like madly methodical about, where the cat was oh yeah and like what was happening with the cat even when the cat wasn't in the scene yeah like that it was actually like shifting focus in the whole whatever's going on in the, i don't again i don't want to be spoilery mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. it, like they started pointing out examples i'm like oh, like, like mind fucking blown of like some of these like little details that were going on in this movie yeah and like you know just like they were like they had a cat that sat there for a five minute scene or mm-hmm. which probably took an, a day to shoot and it sat in one fucking place for them to mm-hmm. shoot this all day and it's like you know, give that cat an Oscar. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that's impossible. Yeah. You know? It's like the dog in the thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's where yeah. I was going. Give was that like, dog an Oscar. That is yeah. the best. One of the best actors in that movie is that dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never looks at the camera. Never looks past the camera. Like right. someone's commanding him. Yeah. He is acting. And they said like they, <laughs> they swore up and down. They were like, they did not drug that cat in that movie. They were like that. They just would bring the cat in, sit it on its mark. And that fucker would just sit there like <laughs> perfectly content all day. I'm a cat. I'm sitting here. And it's like many cats are like, that. yeah, <laughs> but, yours, but, yours is a bit of a strange yeah, breed. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but even cats that are like that, if you try to get them to do yes, something, exactly. oh, well, they sure. just fucking yeah. fuck yeah. off you. But they, were, they were talking about that. They were talking about some other, I think like the, um, that Bill Murray movie I didn't see, but like they were just talking about like animals in this year's movies, like, like mm-hmm. some crazy stuff that like they've gotten them yeah. to do. Anyway. Yeah. Weird it, it, it's weird. Visually, it's probably the least venturey movie of his career, but thematically it's probably the most venturey movie <laughs> that we have mm-hmm. yeah i would say panic room except for like the weird parts where it's like oh that's david fincher yeah and panic room is so that's... very generic except for like oh okay now you're doing a weird david fincher thing mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, I, that uh, one was just like man this is the darkest movie we've ever seen yeah like turn up the brightness on your tv just to watch it yeah and 
Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Lighting Panic wise, lighting, the least of his lighting wise, it was definitely a David Fincher movie. But like, it was so uninteresting the way the camera was moving and stuff until mm-hmm. all of a sudden it was like, okay, now you're doing a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, Gone Girl is it's yeah. it's well made, but damn, that's it. It it'll make you think about a lot of things <laughs> by the end of it. Mm-hmm. And it would be interesting to see like um, the reaction. But it's kind of it's almost like Fight Club had that certain age bracket where it hits and then outside of that it's like fuck this thing this one's very much like i'd be curious to hear how different the opinions are between married people that watch it and single people that watch it mm-hmm. i guess i'll because i think a lot of the people that find it really together. hilarious I and see. funny are not married yeah <laughs> and the other ones are like fuck you know because like when the cops are drilling him about like well, well what's her blood type what's this and you know and i'm like if if and then, and luckily they undercut it a minute later with some of the stuff. They're like, yes. yeah, some of that was bullshit. Yeah. You know, but when they're like, you don't even know your wife's blood type. I'm like, I don't know my wife's blood type. Sitting on the couch. She husband. knew mine. Sitting she on, fucking knew mine. Sitting I was on the like, couch, are you kidding me? Sitting on the couch That's watching that she's movie. she's been taking little bits of yours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that scene comes on. He asks, you know, what's your wife's blood type? And he's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. She immediately whips her head over to me. He's like, what's my blood type? Yep. I'm like. I, beautiful baby a good it's one perfect. it's yeah. the best it's, one yeah. you got the best blood whichever baby. one's the rarest blue? and the best you have blue yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's got hemoglobin <laughs> and red cells keeps you alive baby yeah thanks yeah. but what that movie, <laughs> let me see your wallet real quick <laughs> what that movie has to say by the end is very scary yep Right so, now. I'm going to go. Is it go that everything record. is terrible? I don't even know my own fucking blood type I don't either that's the I, thing I, I I, that's mine. what I said to her I said I don't know my fucking blood type I don't know I knew it when I was a kid because it was on a military ID, but uh, after that, I don't know. Yeah, no idea. If I get in a car crash, I'm fucked. Yeah. Hey, give me that kind that works for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, just put that in me. Put the universal blood yeah. in me. <laughs> Multi-bud. I'm looking through my wallet because I might have one have of those. you have some blood in there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I might have a blood. But anyway, yeah. Uh, other than that, I watched all three Back to the Future movies. Hey, those are movies. Yeah, yeah you live tweeted that experience. Because 2015. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah that. Some, well, and the Dissolve did. Back to the Future is their movie of the week. And yeah, that, at watching the first one again, that makes the other two feel so unnecessary. Like one is kind of its own perfectly closed loop. And then two and three are kind of like, yeah, these work. I, and they don't fuck anything up in one, but they're really not necessary at all. You want to know like my perfect analogy for that? And I I look at it exactly the same way is um, to me, it's the Matrix. Yeah. The one, the first one is a perfect movie. I, I defy anyone to say otherwise. It, it, in its time, it is a perfect fucking movie, mm-hmm. and it could stand alone. And then the other two are there; they're entertaining, but you almost have to kind of divorce yourself from the first one. It's not yeah. that. It's this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I, you know, people one... like to shit on the Matrix sequels. They're fun to watch. Oh the, yeah. Well, second one gets a little weird. So does the second Back to Future movie, or or maybe it's the third. Some people like two better than like three. I like three better than two because it's the one all over again in the Wild West. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But whatever, you know, like that's the that's the exact same thing to me. Yeah, you're I right. Could, you know, you're right. It's I don't care if you shit on the sequels of Back to the Future or the Matrix. That's fine. That's your opinion. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as. Yeah. yeah. But that first one, like, what I don't know is, you know, whenever we talk about great movie scores, why Back to the Future doesn't get brought up. Yep. Because the Back to the Future theme is like the most goddamn triumphant thing. And like, I, I think that's nine tenths of why people miss that ride not being at Universal anymore was because standing in line, you got to hear that playing through, you know, the whole hour you were there. Yeah. You could hear it all over the park. I mean, yeah. you could just be like, oh, 
<laughs> yeah. It that that theme is so good. Alan Silvestri's entire score for that entire first movie is fantastic. And then he does variations on it yeah. in the second and third one that are pretty good. Like the third one especially because it's old West, they get to play with it with harmonica and other stuff like yeah. that. But but God, that first movie is near perfect. It really is. It's like and it's amazing that for like a month and a half they had Eric Stoltz mm-hmm. in that movie. Because like Michael J. Fox in it, whenever he's with Christopher Lloyd, it's like they both come alive even more than they were. Yeah. Like they're just great. And there are so many jokes that are still terrific. Like when he's got the mind control thing on and he's like, tell just don't tell me just I'm going to guess what you're thinking. And he's like, no. And then he's like, no, I came from the future. You sent me back. You got me here. And now we have to figure out how to get me back. And he goes, Oh, that only means one thing. <laughs> this damn thing doesn't work. Yep. Yep. And I had totally forgotten that joke. And I was sitting at my desk just laughing. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. But th- there's, and so much of the, like, there's just so many great setups and payoffs, which is weird because in two, they set up a bunch of jokes that are in three. Yeah. I know they filmed them together and all that, but like, I love the assumption that, yeah, you're, you're, if you're watching three, you've seen two. Mm-hmm. Come on. And you saw the first one. And two, man, that 2015 stuff is rough. Like, it's not good. Hasn't held up. It's not really that. Well, it's I mean, like yeah, it, there's <laughs> there's some of that where, it, you know, I, I get the whole future, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, just the writing is sloppy and they introduced the Marty chicken thing, which was nowhere in the first oh, yeah. movie where yeah. it's like, if someone calls him a chicken, he's got to do whatever they're daring him to do. And he will not, you know, regardless of what it'll fuck up. Yeah. So it becomes shorthand in that entire second movie for, we need something to go wrong here. Mm-hmm. Things are going too well. We need to have something go wrong. Yeah. So we just call Marty a chicken and then, Oh no, he has to fight Griff and <laughs> hoverboard chase. Yeah. And I, like, and, and it keeps happening And the second act where it's the whole like shitty 1985 is pretty good. Like, like it's better than I remember it being. Yeah. Cause it's like Biff just makes, their whole town into shitty Vegas, <laughs> you know, like shitty, shitty old Vegas. Yep. Like one giant casino in the middle of town yeah. and everything else is just sucked Shit. the life energy out yep. of it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but man, I had forgotten just how good that 1955 stuff in back to the future two is. It is just as good as everything that's happening near the end of the first one, mm-hmm. because they go revisit all that through a different lens and they go to such great pains not to invalidate anything in the first movie, which is just great. And then three, I, I was a bit fatigued by the time I got there. I was just like, I don't know if I'm up for them being in the wild West and doing the first movie again. Okay. But I I still like it. I just, it's one of those weird things. Like I wish if they were doing that, that it would be a continuing series. Like that wasn't that it wasn't like, all right, part three and we're done. Yeah. Like if they went to the old West, I'm like, no, we'll have send them to ancient Rome next or something, you know, just something really weird. Right. And it just doesn't happen that way. Like, like it's just kind of like, yeah, we're ending it, which is a really weird thing to be like, we're going to make a Western and then we're done. The the end of three is a bummer. I mean, it really is. Like when they destroy the DeLorean, I was like, oh, that's yeah. the worst. This is not a good ending at all. Mm-hmm. I don't care what else you do after this. That sucks. Yeah. Your train is dumb. <laughs> and God, imagine it. Like, you just think about that. Like, what an amazing choice to make the time machine a fucking DeLorean. Yeah. Like, if it had just been anything else, I wonder how much, how well those movies would be remembered now. Yeah. I don't know. 
you know? That was like the most futuristic looking car yeah, you could get. Yeah, and it's just like the coolest looking time machine ever. Yeah. Like nobody's made a time machine even remotely as cool looking as that DeLorean does. Slap, slap, for the slap, a, bunch of, <laughs> slap a bunch of pipes on a DeLorean. <laughs> yeah. Time machine, everybody. And put a Mr. Fusion on yeah. the back It already later. looks like a time machine. I know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just but, expect it to be cold everywhere it goes. Just but like, yeah. <laughs> but Tom Wilson also in that movie, he plays like six different characters mm-hmm. throughout the course of those movies, and they're all great. Yeah, and they're all different. Like Griff in the future is basically Bobcat Goldwave. <laughs> it's God, it's so good. Like he is so great throughout. And two, like it's weird. I noticed first one's a Marty movie, Marty McFly movie. Second movie is a Biff Tannen movie, mm-hmm. and the third movie is the Doc Brown movie. Yep. And there's I, they're just they're really good. I mean, two and three aren't nearly as good as one, but they suffer just by being. Yeah, there's like this really amazing movie these two have to live up to. Yeah. So. All right. You guys want some emails? Yes. Love emails. I'm ready Love for an email. them. We got a lot of emails. Let me tell you. Let's see how far we get before we have to cut off the emails. I'm just going to roll with it. All right. All right. Oh, first one up is from Sean. He says, Steve James, Henry Fonda, and parodies. Dear uh, Bamcast. Okay. Dear Bamcast, I really enjoyed your episodes covering American Ninja 2 and 3. Steve James is easily my favorite actor in that series. I looked up a bit about him online, and I was surprised to learn he played one of the baseball furies in The Warriors. I didn't realize that. Outside of the American Ninja series, my favorite Steve James role is Kung Fu Joe in the Blaxploitation parody, I'm Gonna Get You, Sucka. Steve shares the screen with Isaac Truck Turner Hayes and Jim Slaughter Brown, and he fits right in. It's a shame that Steve James passed away so young. He would have been a great Black Dynamite senior and been a shoe-in for The Expendables. Yes and yes. You talked about Westerns a little in the Death Warrant episode. Have you ever seen My Name is Nobody, a Sergio Leone Western starring Henry Fonda? It's not quite as grim as the Man with No Name trilogy or Duck You Sucker, but I liked it a lot. Fonda plays an aging gunslinger well, and the Morricone score is catchy as hell. I was wondering what some of your favorite parody films were. I know there's no shortage of bad ones out there, but which do you think are the real gems and why? I'll conclude by saying that my friends and I watched all the films of Andy Sedaris, and the only one that even comes close to the bizarre majesty of Hard Ticket to Hawaii is Day of the Warrior, and that is a distant second. Thanks, Sean. P.S. Do not watch American Ninja 5. It is god-awful. You have been warned. <laughs> okay, then. Now we've got a ways to go before we get there. Yeah. So you were you were shaking your head, Chuck. You had seen My Name is Nobody? Yeah. It's it's an okay movie. The score is fantastic. I mean, really, like if you get a uh, a Marconi compilation of scores, mm-hmm. it is just one of the best on there. I mean, all of his stuff is so good. So the movie's all right, um, just all right. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> we can have you know we did talk about Henry Fonda, right? Not Peter yeah. Fonda. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you can have Henry Fonda in Once Upon a Time in the West. Mm-hmm. So yep, there's your Henry Fonda Western movie. Mm-hmm. Parody movies, um, airplane, obviously, the naked, naked Gun, stuff, yeah. 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 I mean, Top Secret, Top Secret, yeah, definitely Top Secret. I mean, that's not really direct parody of anything, though. That's just no, kinda, but it's, it's prefer, in that genre. Yeah, I kind of like more the Mel Brooks. You know, sure, yeah, Young yeah. Frankenstein, yeah. Um, I mean, Blazing again, Saddle, Blazing Saddle is not really a direct parody of any one thing. I, I don't know what what he's considering. I mean, is parody movie just the wackiness or? Kind of that sort of self-aware poking, sure. poking yeah. fun at a, a genre or a popular yeah, okay. thing. Um, um, the last good one was Not Another Teen Movie. And after that, I yeah, can't I think of anything. I was going to say that Not Another Teen Movie. Um, yeah. Uh, there's one that keeps popping in and popping out of my... Oh, um, Austin Powers. Uh, the first one and second one. I The first one I, I actually enjoyed. The second one I was just okay. And yeah. the third one I don't really remember. 
they were good at the time. They're so hard to watch now because they're they incredibly just been, well, they've been culturally, yeah, yeah, culturally mutilated. Yeah. Well, they're also I th- I think they're also really tied to that time frame as yeah. well. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, someone in the chat said Hot Shots. I, both those movies have have merit. Yeah. I think the first like 15 minutes of Hot Shots is terrible. Like I remember sitting in the theater watching Hot Shots and it was like, God, this is bad. But once it gets going, it just movies like that get to a oh, point man. where it's just silly and it's just silly mm-hmm. one after another. And it's just like, OK, fine. I've, you've See, won me over with your goofiness. And I, I like when movies like uh, Ace Ventura 2 go into a very specific parody when they do the cliffhanger thing. Oh, right. Where he drops yeah. Drops the uh, is a raccoon, isn't it? Right. What? The, oh, it's the the bat, right? The no, oh, is it? Does he have a raccoon? I mean, the thing he's going after yeah, the is op- the sacred bat. Yeah, in the but in the opening scene, oh, okay. is, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the thing from Cliffhanger right. where you can't catch him. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, enjoyed that I, dumb stuff. There's a ton of terrible in it too, but there are some golden moments that I almost even want to recommend, like the loaded weapon. There, the, that movie overall is pretty much shitty. There's but like Shatner doing some of the Shatner things in that, yeah. and um. Yeah, I mean, there's there's one line in it that still just makes me laugh to this day. There's there's like a thousand jokes in Loaded yeah. Weapon One. Mm-hmm. Fifteen of them hit right, exactly. so hard exactly. that are so good that make it's it's worth watching. Yeah, and it's Samuel them. Jackson before he was Samuel yep. Jackson, yep. which is very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, even even one like one of the oddball Leslie Nielsen ones, like Wrongfully Accused, which is just basically a, a fugitive parody, mm-hmm. had moments in it where it was just like, "That's the silliest thing I've ever seen," and yeah. I'm gonna laugh like an idiot at it for a good few minutes. I mean, if you, ha- uh, I mean, I guess if we're recommending things, we're probably saying a bunch of movies y'all heard of a million times. But like, if you want to see some of the, the not really parody movies, they're actually they're really sketch movies. Um, K- Kentucky Fried movie, early yeah. Zucker Brothers uh, mm-hmm. thing, um, Amazon Windham and on the Moon, mm-hmm. uh, Don- John Landis, and I think somewhat Zucker or Abrams. Yeah. Uh, they were involved. They were somehow involved, yeah. Um, and then, like, I mean, if you want to see really fucking bizarre, like, um, we're full of drugs, is like the Groove Tube is a companion yeah. piece to the Kentucky Fried Movie, basically. Yeah. 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 I, that's right. not really parodies, but just more yeah. obscure. They're really kind of in that genre that yeah. you could put them in. I mean, everything became what what that genre became is kind of insulting now because then it was just like, let's make Scary Movie 4, and it's all about War of the Worlds. And it's like, well, that. None of that makes well, any sense. Now, so much of it is just let's reference this thing without a joke. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like Spy Hard was terrible at that because it was supposed to be like this James Bond parody with the Die Hard title and everything. And it was just it was just an excuse to be like, now it's Pulp Fiction. Laugh. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you're not. There's no joke there. You're not yeah. doing anything. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway. All right. Uh, next one up is from Pierre. He says random stuff. OK. Hey, guys, a few random things for you tonight. One. I tweeted a few guys about it earlier in the week, but have you ever heard of a movie called Sky Knights or its French title, Le Chevrolet du Ciel? It's kind of a newer version of the Iron Eagle slash Top Gun formula. Plot elements from one of the Iron Eagle movies and Top Gun level flight sequences and awesomeness and very good real cinematography with real planes, etc. and a recent release. By no means is this a Banffcast movie. It's actually a pretty good bros and jets blowing shit up slash saving the world movie. <laughs> and worth checking out if you can find a subtitle version. I really was really was impressed with the flight scenes in this. Would be great on a big screen with a good sound system. It's what stealth should have been in terms of a spiritual successor. Okay. So hmm. anyone I, heard of it? No. No. But I kind of want to check it out now. Yeah. Well, when you when you say it's hey, it's like Top Gun. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, all right. Yeah. Sold. Cool. There were bits in stealth that were uh, pretty good. Yeah. Overall, that movie's not, but yeah. <laughs> there are bits in that movie that are pretty yeah. good. And that that plane downloaded all the music. Okay? <laughs> all of it. 
Two, I watched a bunch of random 90s movies after raiding a buddy's VHS collection. One stood out. I can't remember if you guys have talked about it or not, but Rapid Fire starring Brandon Lee, rest in peace, was a great summer popcorn action movie. Thoughts on this one? Obviously, it's a small sample size, but he's pretty good in it. Would have loved to have seen Brandon Lee in movies these days. Heck, even if he was washed up by now, you've got a villain for the next Expendables movie. What could have been? I have not seen that. I don't know why I've never seen Rapid Fire. I, you know what's really weird is like I I don't think I maybe I did see that way back in the day. I think the only Brandon Lee movie I ever saw was The Crow until we watched Showdown in Little Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Same here. I I think I've seen it, but I I it's one of those that I would have watched like when I was working at the video store and I was watching like four movies a day. Right. I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. I could watch yeah. it again and just be you know mm-hmm. totally. That's I love that time frame of action. Oh yeah. Movie, so that's when they were just trying anything, just like yeah. put this guy in a movie and blow shit up. Yep. Yeah. All right, three. The other day, Arnie's movie Eraser was on TV. Holy shit, that movie has aged well. well That's all I've got. Well. Keep up the great work. Sent for my funny cultural reference. Sorry, guys, can't think of one right now. Pierre. <laughs> yeah. Well? <laughs> I was going to... I. That's I, how he phrased that's it. That's not where I was going with that. I though. wonder if he meant not aged well because those alligators, holy oh, shit. yeah. That might be like, my favorite bad CGI oh, yeah. effect ever. Like I mean, in a big budget movie that was supposed bad. to be convincing as something real. I'm going to go on record and say I've never seen Eraser. Okay, that's fair. What? I don't know how I missed it, but I... Eraser was like the end of, like, you should probably, like, the last Arnie movie you should watch until it was, like, kind of his resurgence. Well, I remember, like, I remember, like, all his movies had this sort of escalating, like, what the scenario was, and then Eraser was just, he's a guy, and it's like, well, that's not interesting. Everything up until that point was, like, some Mm -hmm. high-concept thing, and now it's just, like... He's this dude who I mean, does a couple things. It's I, like, well, I mean, Eraser was the cutoff point. That was like, you had Eraser, you had collateral damage of six day, Ugh. end of days. Mm-hmm. You know, like all of those were like the latter day, like Marnie's going downhill. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, Eraser was like, that was the. Yeah, because it was True Lies. And then what was after True Lies? Jingle All the Way. Hmm. Yeah. And then Eraser, because okay. True Lies was 84. Maybe Eraser Jingle was All the Way was the, the crest of the wave where it was like, yeah. we were falling off now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do not like that movie. But that was Crazy James Caan, right? Wasn't he in Eraser? I believe uh, so, yeah. Vanessa Williams, right? Hmm? Yeah, gun, he was yeah. saying Vanessa Williams, and then it was uh, Nick Chinlin. in it, too. <laughs> oh, he man. He had a rail gun. Oh. That, that was a pretty cool scene. Man. Yeah. I should see Eraser. Yeah, that was awesome. Or it's on Blu-ray. Eraser's not very good. <laughs> True Lies isn't on Blu-ray, which is a crime. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of that Fox stuff that's not on Blu-ray. Like, right. you know, The Abyss. Put that on Blu-ray. But I should not sell that DVD, then. No. <laughs> Even if it's not anamorphic, you hold on to that shit. Okay. Uh, He sent a slight correction. He said, a movie I talked about in the previous email was also known as Sky Fighters in English. Oh, okay. Pierre. So, thanks, Pierre. Thanks, buddy. Sky Fighters. Uh, People asked us also if we have seen the trailer for Turbo Kid. I saw it today. Yep. I said that to you, I think, before. Every- yep. Then it also was and like, it's like the the social consciousness was like, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> this seems relevant to my interests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that... Yeah, some, could be something. Somebody at work came by my desk and was like, "Hey, are you using the trailer for Turbo Kid?" The only thing that, like, the only thing that, everything on that, like, on the surface was like, "Yes, this." So I want to see this until it was like produced by the guy that did Hole with Shotgun. I was like, "Yeah, that's the red flag." I, you know, I'm not gonna not produced. see it, but yeah, yeah. I yeah. just it depends, like, you know, how much influence of like I, he's like over the top gore and yeah, we self awareness. Our only our, our main hope for that movie is that it's not trying as hard as Hobo with a shotgun was. Yes, yes. Cause Hobo with a shotgun was hundred percent trying too hard. Mm-hmm. Yes. But this one already looks I mean you got fucking BMX and dude who's shooting razor blades. Yeah. Could be alright. And gore and craziness. And Michael Ironside. <laughs> 
And Michael Ironside. Yep. Never underestimate. Oh, Michael he was Ironside. in the he was loved in the craziness. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm with yep. you. All right. Uh, next up's from Birdie, who says Furious. Hey guys, it's Birdie like the Steve. So I saw the trailer for Furious 7 about 19 to 46 times, give or take a wet dream. And though I am someone who has never been into the Furious franchise, I was wondering if it was something I should get into. I want to see Furious 7, and I wonder if it matters about seeing the earlier six movies. I always imagined the movies were just fancy cars driving fast, and it would have a mediocre story. You're not wrong. I really like the -the over-the-top silly action in the trailer, and I wonder if that's a common theme of the movies or if it's just a recent ploy because of technology and special effects. Do I need to see the other six movies? And if I don't need to see them, what all movies would you recommend? Crash and Burn, Birdie, sent from my half-sober carrier pigeon who is trying to understand the social network. Hello. (laughs) Well, here we are in hour seven of the Banffcast as we enter into this conversation. um, No, it's pretty easy. Yes, see them. I mean, there's... no harm in seeing the other six. If you're running short on time, start at four. Watch four, five, Ooh. six, and then telling seven. someone to start it. I mean, I understand. I, know, the, I, know, I understand I know. The, the the significance of four story wise, <clears throat> but God, that well, is... then you know what? Watch five, then go back and watch four, and then six and seven. Yeah. Because six, for some reason, brings in all sorts of dumb continuity with four, They're, where they reference a whole bunch of shit that happens in four, and four is aside I, from the first I, one, my least favorite. I got it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I'm yeah. just saying it's important story wise, but it is the least of. Yeah. At the very least, watch five because five is straight up yes, one of the best. best action movies of the past 20 years. Yeah. Period. Watch five. Yes. I Make would your say decision start it. I would say just start at five. Yes. I've seen the first four. Don't give a shit. <laughs> at, at, See, I, I saw them it. and I was just like nothing about them gave me anything for five and six. Like I know the things you need to see in like Tokyo mm-hmm. Drift and stuff like that for it to make sense. Doesn't matter. It's not what those movies are anymore. Yeah. Doesn't matter. All that backstory, bullshit. Bullshit backstory. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. That they, they these movies are in another universe now, a universe where physics does not exist. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Like, I mean, imagine if like you know someone had said, "Hey, you know, there's a movie that leads into Predator where you know Dutch and uh, Carl Weathers have adventure." I don't remember what his character's name was. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Dutch and Carl Weathers. <laughs> like, well, because they walk into like obviously they've been in, sure, they've yeah. done some shit together, but right. all they have to do is manly handshake, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Fuck, go do more manly shit." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what, watch five. It's just like yeah, they've done shit in the past. Yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, yep. There you go. <laughs> yep. They probably right. piss somebody off that might try to kill them. Now. Yeah. That's all you need. Their arm wrestling handshake is all you need to know yeah. about their backstory. Yep. <laughs> and and if you do get curious and start from the beginning, the first one is the worst movie of the series. The first one? Yes. <sighs> it is aged the most, the worst. It's bad. Oof. Okay. Okay. And two is awesome. <sighs> Just watch Torque. <laughs> yeah, I watch Torque too. Watch them all. Just do it. All right. Uh, next one up is from Jason. Who says uh, Chuck's OCD, Murder Boners, and JCVD? Says, hey, Banffcast, <laughs> Jason from Dallas again. Wanted to say two things. Okay. One, Chuck's OCD level of organization of his old VHS tapes is nothing short of spectacular. <laughs> Keep up the good work okay. with your VHS tapes. Thanks. Post a picture or something of yeah, this? Yeah, 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 yeah. He put, yeah. He put, he put on stuff on Twitter like yeah. you had a coded system. Yes. You were insane. Yes, I was really You're insane. legitimately insane. There's a, there's a logic behind it, but yeah, looking at it now. Is this because of the thing I gave you? The, oh no the no no! Or, oh, this started long ago. Yeah, this when I was a teenager. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Two. You, you invented a Dewey <laughs> Decimal right. System, I'm kind a, of. Yeah, I'm a big fan of com- convoluted filing okay. systems. Uh, so after I, the show, I'll explain exactly okay, what I was okay. doing. Mm-hmm. All right. Two. Because of your reviews of John Wick, I decided to watch it, and you are correct. Murder slash revenge boner is the best way to describe that movie. <laughs> I have forced three friends to watch it so far, and they all love it as well. 
Good man. Cool. Three, when reviewing Death Warrant, you mentioned that JCVD does not do any splits. He also does not do any splits in Street Fighter. I think that is pure bullshit. From now on, <laughs> if I'm going to watch a JCVD movie, I need assurances that he will do the splits, perhaps something on the box or in the parental guidance section. Okay. So I had three things, but it was too lazy to change it. That's all for now. Jason. All right. Yep. Um, there was no response required to any of that, was it? No, it was kind it was of just a statement. Right. Yeah, all right. Just, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, rock on. Thanks, yes. Dude. Yeah. Great. You rock. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, appreciate you. Right, All right. right. Uh, next one up is from John Oddity, who says, My hands are like alarm clocks. I know what you mean. Hello, casters of Banff. Huh? John Oddity here. No squaw, but I made flapjacks. Writing in to see if you guys have ever wanted to explore into the realms of surrealism once again, especially after Harlow's rave for Under the Skin. I know the last time you enter a particular zone, it left <laughs> more than a bad taste, but... There are much better fares and might be to your style. Maybe a Dario Gento's Tenebre or Pheromone or Phenomeny or the infamous softcore Night Dreams from the head writer of ALF. I'm serious. <laughs> or hell, one of the lesser Fellinis. I'd just love to hear my favorite podcast try to dissect the genre's psychoanalytical fucked upness. By the by, on the Death Warrant episode, one of you belted out the chorus to bring me a dream <laughs> out of nowhere. It made me bust a laugh so loud everyone around me at the gym turned and glared. Ah. <laughs> No, I'm the gym weirdo. Nice job, guys. <laughs> Fracas et Bureler. That's French. Neum, neum. J-O. I don't know what any of that means. Uh, you were already uh, the gym weirdo. It's just that nobody knew it yet. Mm-hmm. Now you've announced it. <laughs> you've announced it to the world. <laughs> you've unveiled your presence. Turn to the left. Is that person weird? Turn, turn to the right. Is that person weird? <laughs> if the answer is no. <laughs> the answer is always yes. Oh. But the answer is also that you are also weird. Because I'll tell you what, this thing, kids, nobody's normal. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be a little fucked up. But some cats are normal. Yes. Hang anyway. in there. Yeah. I hate Monday. Anyhow, contact information. The website is bmfcast.com. There's a uh, right-hand rail that has all of our social contact information. Our email is bmf at bmfcast.com. And you can get a hold of us on the Garfield phone, the BMFCast hotline, 9105-DOCS-BMF or 910-556-9263. That is it. We are done with this episode, which is a thousand. Uh, and stay tuned hours for Black Exploitation History Month yes, coming up. Your favorite and mine. The most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> it is. It is the best Bamf cast. All right. <laughs> well, let's get out of here, shall we? All right. I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm BJ. I'm Chuck. And this is Bamf cast out.